is going on, guys? Thank you so much for listening to the show and for joining in today for this particular episode that is out today. How are you? Hope you're doing well. Today's particular episode was actually recorded in February. Yeah, so this one was recorded live at Strong Beer Festival, and it was a good time. It was pretty exciting. Had some really cool conversations, too. But before we get into that, we are still selling those shirts, those Tap That AZ shirts that say Tap That AZ on the front, Stay Awesome on the back, gray t-shirt, soft, beautiful, wonderful, $25. That includes shipping. $5 will be going to the Teresa Soros Legacy Fund, helping out Arizona breweries. So if you want one of those, send me an email, eric at tapthataz.com or a direct message through Facebook or Instagram. We've got all sizes left still except for extra large. So have a few double XLs, a few larges, a medium, and three small. So better get on it if you want one of those. And $5 goes to that fund. So you're buying a sweet shirt to wear around and represent your favorite podcast. And you're also helping out Arizona breweries. So also selling the Arizona Beer Book for $40 on the website, thearizonabeerbook.com. It's $40. $10 of that is going to go towards that Teresa Soros Legacy Fund. We also have two different t-shirts on there. $5 of each of those are going to go towards that fund as well. Once again, price is included. And price is included in that price. Yeah, look at that. No hidden prices in the price. Uh, shipping is included in those prices. So the ArizonaBeerBook.com, uh, there's a shop tab up at the top. Hit that and check out the shirts and the book. Get yourself one of those. Now, also, before we get into this episode, make sure that you keep open... Wednesdays from 6 until 7.30 on the Instagram page. I've been going live for about 90 minutes, so we call it the happy hour and a half. So, so far we've had some musicians, we have some giveaways, chugging contests, we've had some guests, just really, really cool people, and just want to kind of do a variety show type of thing. If you want, you don't have to come on if you don't want to, but if you want to, let me know. Reach out and say, hey, I have something I would like to say, and if you say something that is not appropriate, then I'll just boot you out of there. So, all right, I don't know how to, I had to go through all that. Anyways, February, Strong Beer Festival. Every year it gets bigger and bigger. It's a great time. So, things over the last few months obviously have changed a little bit, and uh, that's why we're getting this one out a little bit late. Not wasn't really sure how we were going to be doing this, but anyways, this was a little different than other events that, that I've done podcasts at. This was actually on a stage. I don't know if you guys saw it. It was directly in the sun. If you were at Strong Beer Fest, I was um, not in the music stage. I was uh, I was on a side stage over by the VIP area. And um, John Hall, which is who was the final guest on this episode, I actually thought that I'd lost John's uh, interview, and I was not very happy with myself. Uh, I even told him, hey, man, that was a great conversation, uh, but I didn't record any of that. And I didn't realize it until a few days later. But anyways, I uh, ended up finding that audio. So John Hall, beer author, uh, one of my favorite beer authors, has one of my favorite beer books, uh, Drink Beer, Think Beer. He also has a podcast with the same name, Drink Beer, Think Beer by John Hall, H-O-L-L. Just a really, really cool dude. But I was really, really nervous to go on stage and have this over like a, a loud system. I mean, John was the celebrity on the other side of the stage, but, you know, uh, but I liked it. I got to heckle people as they went by. That was that was really fun, <laughs> but had some really fun conversations. And it's really cool uh, doing that in front of a, a crowd of people. So 
Let's get into this one. These are the conversations from the Arizona Strong Beer Festival 2020. at Strong Beer Festival 2020. This is the 20th. These ladies are super excited. What's in that camel pack? Just water, she says. Bullshit. I have two cups. Two cups. Two, that's, I think I've seen that video Brilliant. before. Oh, no. <laughs> two cups, one camel pack. Right. So, all right. So, anyway, sorry about that. I've been getting off track already. So... We are here live at the 20th. Is this the 20th uh, Strong Beer? 20th Strong Beer, 2020. Have you been to all 20? Oh, no. I, yeah. I've been in Arizona going on five years, and so I've been with Mother Road almost three. This is my third one. Okay, excellent, excellent. You are a very well-liked, well-respected man in the industry. Well, thank you. It's good. That, that's nice to hear. Yeah. <laughs> You're a good dude, man. You're a good dude. I was I was pretty excited that there's guest, another guest. He's trying to get out of it, Josh from Grand Canyon Brewing. Better leave while you can, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, Evan, you guys, uh, as part of Strong Beer, a big push this year for the 20th anniversary of Strong Beer. And what is it, 10th for uh, Beer Week? Something uh, like that? Yeah something, yeah, something along those lines. So they want to do some special things, so collaborations was part of that, right? Is Absolutely. it collaborations was or collaborations were? I don't know properly <laughs> English, right? I think were. were. I think were. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was... The goal is to get a bunch of collaboration. So you guys did, you guys did a couple, right? We did. We did uh, actually three total. Well, actually, no, I should up that. About six total collaborations. Um, so we did two with our friends from Ninkasi and Eugene. Uh, you know, they were a big part of the craft beer scene in Arizona. Sorry about that. Good, they were a big good. part of the craft beer scene in Arizona prior to uh, Arizona's craft beer scene really going. So we wanted to uh, partner up with them. Uh, our director of production, Campbell Morrissey, and their founding brewer, Jamie Floyd, are on the same committee uh, at the uh, Brewers Association. And so they, they developed a friendship there. And so we went up to Eugene and we brewed uh, Better Adventures, which is a double IPA. Uh, and then they came down to Flagstaff and we brewed Perpetual Joy, which is a contemporary American pilsner. So it's going to be a, a traditional style, but with New World hops, Comet hops from, from Oregon, kind of tipping the cap to Ninkasi, and uh, Motueka from New Zealand, um, and that one's available here at the uh, at the VIP, the, fr- the Fry's tent, the collab okay. tent, and also uh, uh, they're both over with Mother Road and Ninkasi across the way. Where are you yeah. guys at? Like, what? Where, where do people find you? We are in the Hensley Village, okay. uh, just across the way. Right, you, you turn right when you're there, and we're actually with some other folks that we collaborate with. Uh, Arizona Game and Fish Department. Uh, they brought some wildlife out. There's a snake and a scorpion and a tarantula here. Um, here, here live? today. They're live, uh. live animals here today. <laughs> They're selling memberships, and because uh, we're trying to help fund their conservation programs, and this is one of the way that hopefully they're they're making some funds today. Uh, a, a dollar from every case equivalent. So whether that's cases of beer or kegs of beer uh, that we sell, conserve and protect Kolsch, go towards their conservation programming. This year specifically, a lot of that is going towards uh, tortoises. Uh, uh-huh. And so we have a new can uh, for conserve and protect Kolsch that has a 74 Cadillac Eldorado and a, and a beautiful tortoise that we're hoping to help uh, conserve and protect. Hell yeah, dude. That's awesome. That's kind of weird, though. Mother Road with classic cars. That doesn't seem like Mother Road style. I know, I know. We're definitely more of the turtle brewery. I think that's what people think of it, but you know, we, we, we added a car this time. 
Um, and then the other big uh, collab that we have here that uh, this year we brewed it at, at Mother Road. Every year all of the Flagstaff breweries come together and brew a special beer. Uh, this year it's the Flag 9 because we have nine breweries in Flagstaff. And uh, we all came together and did a Mexican Vienna lager with some uh, with some new uh, additional hops and uh, to you know p- p- punch up a classic. And both of them are drinking excellently. And uh, you know it's just we just love all of the collaboration coming together. And you know because we're we're one community, whether that's Flagstaff or Arizona as a whole, we love coming together and, and, and working with each other. Yeah, absolutely, man. So these are these are available at, here today. Yes, sir. All yeah. these beers are available here. Um, and I, I even have more collaborations to tell you about. Because how we, many are we? we're on two now? Right, <laughs> two of two of nine. I, th- I think yeah. I think three three of three of six. Okay, three, three, three of six, six today. Okay. The yeah. other three are with Cult Coffee. Uh, you know, one of Phoenix and Arizona's favorite uh, coffee and and uh, beverage providers, and they. Uh, we did. We used their botanicals on a couple of our beers, and then we used Colt Coffee to make a special Coffee Lost Highway. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. So we have some some kind of fruit beers that we did with their botanicals, but it's not fruit juice or puree. Yeah. We're using their botanicals, so it's kind of more of a tea process than a than a fruit juice process. And so we have a, a blueberry and blackberry porter. And we have a strawberry lemon uh, lager as well that, that we brewed with the great folks over at Colt Coffee. Wow, dude. You guys are busy, busy this beer week. Huh? We we stay busy. We're we're always busy. You'll find us at events across the state pretty much every day for the next. Uh, I guess we got nine more days in beer week. Yeah. <laughs> nine, nine ten left. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, so I don't know if anybody's listening right now, but are you guys fans of Mother Road? Fans of Mother Road. Have you been? Love it. Thank you. Have you been to their table yet? Have you been to their tent? Go. Meow. Meow. Yeah, we're over in the Hensley (laughs) Village, across the way. Take a right, right. You'll see us. We have a big tower station canopy, a big Conserve and Protect Kolsch canopy, and a big orange Mother Oak canopy. This is Evan. This is Evan. Cody. Callie. (laughs) Steve. I think she said Steve. Okay, that is Cody. Nice to meet you, Cody. Uh, <laughs> uh, dude, that's awesome. Like, because Mother Road is is one of the, uh, they're one of the, the old school. Like, I mean, you guys have been around what twenty. 20- uh, so 11. we celebrated eight years. Yeah, 2011. Uh, 11, we celebrated okay. eight years in November, and uh, our, our new Butler Brewing facility celebrated two two years last week, which, yeah. which we're really proud of and happy about. Uh, we were actually the 19th brewery in the state of Arizona. Yeah. Announced just eight years ago, which is kind of wild to think about. Yeah. We see all these amazing breweries that are out here today. Yeah. Well, and that's cool. I think it's cool that you guys uh, not only collaborating within uh, the the Arizona beer scene, but you guys, I mean, Ninkasi, those guys are legends, man. I met Jamie at, uh, they did a collaboration, I think, last year with, with uh, The Shop. Just a great dude. Like, just a really cool guy who loves beer. And for you guys to connect, that's, dude. I kind of wish I had his job. I've never <laughs> sent him an email without it having an out-of-office reply because he's out collaborating with people or traveling oh, the world man. and scuba diving and doing crazy stuff. Yeah. Dude, that's a way to do it, though, right? Get the, oh, brand, yeah. get the brand out there. Yeah. And what a cool name, too, Ninkasi. That's just, you know, a little jealous of that one, you know? Yeah. They, I don't know why they, I'm they jealous. They got on it pretty early. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Have you guys been to the Mother Road table yet? Mother Road Brewing Company? Are you guys, yeah. do you like Mother Road? Love it. Yes. Oh, this is Evan. 
Evan was just telling us about all the great collaborations they've done, so make sure you put that on your list. Hit that up. Uh, over at Mother Road, Evan? Oh, yeah. Just right across the way in the Hensley Garden, right to your right, where we're set up with Arizona Game and Fish Department over there with some wildlife and with uh, four special beers that you haven't had before. That's super cool. If you're looking for a coffee version of The Lost Highway and to see a scorpion, like a live one, that's where you got to go. Like, that's, yeah. Nobody, nowhere else Classic in this whole property is going to give you that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. Enjoy, guys. Yes. Cheers. So, the Flag 9, uh, that, I mean, how long have, you said you've been with Mother Road, five years? Uh, I, I'm coming up on three years with three Mother years. Road. Uh, the collaboration with all the Flagstaff breweries coming together, uh, this is the fifth one. Okay, excellent. I think that's that's pretty cool, because each year you guys do something a little bit different. Not, I don't say a little bit different, a lot different. Yeah. Uh, you'll go from, a, like, a Baltic porter to now you got a Mexican Vienna lager. Absolutely. How, how do you get nine people who are, or at least nine people, who are probably pretty set on like this is what i would like to make how do you get them all to agree on one you know it's definitely like herding cats and <laughs> yes. uh drunk cats at that uh but isn't that what they call the classy alcoholic <laughs> drunk, the drunk cat <laughs> but you know it, we're, we're such a tight community up there you know and, and so many of us you know are making excellent beer so it's really really fun and easy to get to to settle on something fun um this year, uh, a lot of the recipe was driven by Ryan Sandlin at Dark Sky and Campbell Morrissey at, uh, at Mother Road, and we brewed it on our 40-barrel uh, barrel system in, at uh, Mother Road. Dude, what a great combo of people, right? You get Ryan and you get Campbell to say, spearhead that. You're going to come up with something good. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and, and the beer is excellent. You can try it right here at the, uh, at the Fry's Tent. At the Fry's Tent, Mexican Vienna Lager from Mother Road. Go to the Fry's Tent right now and try it, all of you walking by. That includes you, Liz Lindbergh, and Paul Rosevere, and Josh Worstillo. Is that the, how I say it? Worstillo? Mm. Close class, enough. Classy, the, what do we call him? The estranged cat. <laughs> Alcoholic. <laughs> the, the birthday yeah. cat. <laughs> the birthday cat. Happy birthday. Everybody say happy birthday to Classy Alcoholic. Happy birthday. Woo. Yeah. It sounds like there's a lot of people. There's like four of us that really like doing this. The people other 10,000 people are busy drinking yeah. right now. <laughs> yes, they are. Yeah, look at us. Like, they don't even know where this noise is coming from. So I think we should probably explain because people are going to listen to this at a different time, Evan. Right? We got we have a little bit of a crowd here right now, more of a confused group of people. Uh, Liz Lindbergh highlighting that confused group of people. But um, we're on stage at Strong Beer hot like it's like literally high noon the sun is directly on my neck right now but it's pretty cool because we're getting to watch everybody go around move around have fun right yeah. it's uh, quite a bit warmer than flagstaff right now yeah. so it's a, it's a good time for me to come down for sure yeah what's uh how do you guys prepare for something like that how does a how does a brewery prepare for a huge, I mean, there's festivals that are smaller, you know, little, you know, little, uh, you know, beer dinners and things like that. What is there, like 15,000 people come to this thing? Something like that. How do you prepare for that? Uh, it takes a lot of hard work. Fortunately, most of that hard work is done by our good friends at the Arizona Craft Brewers Guild yes, and yes. Uh, with our amazing partners, Hensley Beverage. Um, but we definitely uh, did our part this year. Um, you know, we have the biggest setup that we've had before. We have more special beers than we've ever had before. Uh, we have our, our founder and CEO, Michael Marquez's 1930 Model A uh, oh, parked at our tent. Nice. Um, and we have one of our one of our partners on our on our board of direct 
<clears throat> pardon me, uh, board directors Dennis Alonzo brought a, a, a beautiful 77 uh, Ford pickup as well. So One of his, what, 74 vehicles? Something like right. that. <laughs> I, I don't lot. think he likes to put too fine of a point on it. <laughs> right. Like, you know, I don't like to say, you don't really know the number, do you, Dennis? No, I don't. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> no, Dennis, Dennis is awesome. What's up, guys? Have you gone to the Mother Road table yet? The Mother Road booth. Good to hear. Excellent, excellent work, guys. Excellent work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, where are you, you coming to this thing? You obviously get to drink some beers yourself, right? As long as I'm not serving, I can I can I can try some of the fun stuff yeah, people are, yeah, yeah, are bringing that's around. True. For that sure. is true. That was a good. That's a good disclaimer there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like when you come to a festival like this, like as a patron, what who like who are some of the breweries in Arizona that you like to to hit up and and see what's new with? Oh, it's so hard to put uh, too fine of a point on that one either yeah. because they, you know, we have so many amazing breweries in Arizona and such good friends with all of them. Uh, we have great relationship with the guys from Oso. I was able to try some of their uh, their amazing new stuff. Uh, Crooked Tooth brought some really special stuff up from oh, Tucson. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, Ninkasi, in addition to the great beers that we brewed together, brought a, a really cool Galaxy-centric uh, hazy that, that they did as a seasonal right now. Who, who was that? Uh, Ninkasi. Oh, nice. Um, but, okay. you know, I, Everywhere there's there, there there are too many too many good ones to name. It's great to see long lines for our friends uh, that we sure. already mentioned Ryan, Ryan and Dark Sky. They've, oh uh, yeah, they've, they've kept the line long all day with uh, with a bunch of special stuff and uh, you know it's it's just a great time. Uh, you know they're, they're close to home, so I get to try a little bit more of their special stuff more often. But yeah, you know just really as, as many as we can hit up. Love to see simple simple machines here. Really happy for those guys opening yeah. up. And uh, I think after this, I probably better go and try. Uh, uh, try, try some of what they're uh, brewing because they've been brewing beer for, for some other breweries for a while that's yeah. always been excellent. So Yep, yep. I was really excited about that one. That was more of a personal thing because it's like seven minutes from my house. Oh, like, stumbling distance. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think the, the Uber ride is so cheap like they couldn't charge, like it's the minimum they could charge me. You know, it's like, dude, you're like a quarter of a mile away. Like you have to pay the minimum. So <laughs> I, I love that. I love that, you know, there's, there's breweries that are expanding out into those untapped regions of of, of the state, you know what I mean, and um, you're a great big state. And, yeah, uh, we we need a lot of great big craft craft beer everywhere, and so I'm I'm glad that uh, that all these uh, small communities and you know anywhere across the state or so many ones in, in beautiful Phoenix Metro, you know, a lot, a lot of breweries popping up. Yeah. Making great beer right off the right off the get go too. Well, you, you, is, you, you yeah. have to. Yes, <laughs> yes you do. <laughs> yes you do. I think what maybe like eight years, ten years ago, like uh, I would say ten years ago, you could get by with being the only gig in town, right? It's like hey, this like this is what you got, man. <laughs> right now, it's like better have bring your A game, man. Yeah, bring your A game. Yep. Unfortunately, uh, we have so many great brewers in the state; they're constantly bringing their A game. Yep, yep, absolutely, man. Now, is this is the flag nine uh, connected to a beer dinner as well? Uh, yeah, so okay. um, it, it's normally over over beer week, but uh, it's it's pushed back a little bit due to some scheduling conflicts. But uh, the ABV dinner, which benefits uh, veterans, is put on up in Flagstaff every year. And uh, this year, I believe it's March twenty eighth. Normally okay. it's beer week, but we had to we had to push it out. But an excellent excellent uh, cause, and and we'll we'll still have Flag Nine special for that, and plus all all of the other breweries in town bring bring special things to for. What will ultimately be an eight or nine course awesome beer pairing dinner benefiting yeah. veterans. 
and I've heard that I've heard that food. So if you guys have, if you heard the date, Rob, I don't know if you have plans that day, but you're going, right? <laughs> I don't think uh, he's missed one yet. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Rob's like, I'm in Australia. When's it start noon? I'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> look at this guy. I know this guy. He's looking. He's got pretzels. What do you got? A beef jerky in there too? Beef jerky. We have some peanuts. Uh, some Cheetos. Somebody came prepared. Right. Yes. Good buddy. Where's that? Uh, where's Tammy? Ah, oh, there's a whole crew of hecklers right over here. Yes. Oh, good. We've well, been waiting on you guys. Yes. Okay. Where so have you been? Any questions? This is this is Evan from Mother Road in Flagstaff. Hi, guys. You guys are the biggest crowd by like twelve. Like like yeah. What questions do you have for Evan from Mother Road? Oh, sorry. Hi, Scott Warren, uh, longtime listener, um, and I, I love Mother Road. And you know what I like about it? You guys, one time we were there, you had an Oompa band in the garage there. That was awesome. And then I love the Black Stout, Mother Road, awesome. Lost Highway? Yes. Double Black IPA, yeah. yeah. No questions, sorry. I'll, I'll take those questions all day long. I was going to say, there's no questions there. <laughs> More of a statement than a question. But a much appreciated statement, thank yeah. you. And, uh, you know, congrats for you. You really built up Mother Road, love Flagstaff. You guys done a great job. Thank you, sir. Scott hate beer, hates beer and life. Uh, and all, I've never seen him smile. We have another question here. We have another question. Is this for Evan? Is this a question statement? Okay. So you guys are right by PC Cleta, right? Correct. Do you do collaborations with their pizzas a lot? Like, do you try to match your beers to their pizzas or vice versa? So, yeah. So actually on their menu, everything has a Mother Road beer paired with oh, it. Nice. Um, they've been partners with us since we opened pretty much because their dining room is very small. Yeah, so tiny. And our tap room is very large now mm-hmm. that we moved a lot of the tanks out to our new brewing facility. And so it's a really great relationship because they wait our tables and it increases their dining room by about tenfold and then uh, we don't have to worry about food and we can get you know the, the best pizza in Flagstaff to fill up uh, fill up our patrons bellies and right so and uh, yeah we have a great relationship with those guys so when you're trying to come up with a new beer do you talk to them first like do you try to collab always uh, not always but you know we, we definitely uh, try, try and work with them you know on, on fun stuff when we can cool awesome thank you. So when you leave, so I, I take it when you leave, you're taking a direct Uber to uh, Flagstaff, right? Direct Uber? Yeah. All right. Cool. Go ahead. $200 <laughs> Uber. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can do one of those flight things, right? You can say I'm flying out of the Flagstaff airport. Huh? Like nobody flies out of Flagstaff airport. Oh, I do. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> it is, yeah. Yeah, free parking uh, and, and it's only one flight at a time. So you walk right through security. It's a, it's the way to do it. Dude. Beer info and travel tips by Evan from Mother Road Brewing Company. <laughs> Evan, thanks so much, man. Was there anything else you wanted to mention about what you guys are doing for Beer Week or just in general? Like, what is what is Mother Road up to these days? Um, you know, in addition to all the great collabs, we have a bunch of fun events all week. Uh, tomorrow we'll be at the Super VIP uh, in, at Angel's Trumpet in Central Phoenix. And then uh, we also have Beer Olympics at Courthouse in Chandler. Um, and But we have... I, I would bore you all if I listed off the other 30 events that we have this week. I don't know about this crowd. They might be pretty excited. These guys are, like, marking shit no, down. We have yeah. excellent beer dinners in Flagstaff on Monday and Friday. First with Karma Sushi and the oh. second one with Shift, which is maybe my favorite restaurant on the planet. So, you know, we a uh, lot of fun stuff coming that way. And then a lot more fun collaborations and community events. Uh, in April, we'll have our second annual St. Baldrick's fundraiser. Uh, last year, we raised 
raised over $16,000 for uh, childhood cancer research and, uh, and helping out those families. And this year, I think we're going to be able to smash that. So that's a fun one if you're able to come up to Flagstaff in April. Um, but so, so, so we always have something fun going on. Awesome. Indeed, indeed. Marcus Pina, Brewery 602, fan of Mother Road Brewing Company. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, we're we're a big fan of the of Ash as well. And Marcus is actually brewing live over there. If you guys see the fire, I'm just kidding. There's no fire. Just <laughs> <laughs> flame. Guy got with the tap savvy shirt on. I've heard of tap savvy. Heard good things about you guys. Coming up, my man. Yes. Excellent, excellent. Well, we're gonna wrap this up. Evan, thank you so much, man. No, oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. Absolute pleasure. Absolutely. Even in the heat. The heat wasn't shit because we are badasses. I actually got to go take a nap real quick. So, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Thanks, Evan. Thank you, sir. <laughs> so, dude, this is your second time on the podcast, right? It is, yeah. yeah. We did it at the uh, brewery, what was it, four months ago maybe? Something like that. It feels like it could have been between two and 90 months ago. Somewhere around right. there. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I'm 90 months old. I don't <laughs> know. but <laughs> What is that, dude? I'm horrible at math, so that's something like 10 years old or something. I don't know. Josh, thanks for uh, jumping on the mics, man. Absolutely. You didn't inch- realize I was somewhat shorter than Ethan. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wait, is it Ethan or Evan? I don't know. I thought it was Ethan. Uh, well then maybe I didn't I was, listen to you. Maybe I was earlier. calling the wrong names. Oh, we got a crowd forming. Oh, oh look at man. this. Look at this. Literally so, just the brewery employees. <laughs> the brewery. All of them. Stalking I, me, trying to embarrass me, but Everybody that's okay. for Grand Canyon Brewing <laughs> Company say yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all because of this gentleman. I mean, there's all, everybody puts the work in, but. It could be anybody up here. <laughs> if they were from the company, they would be here. That's just how we are. That's how you Tight are. like that. Well, introduce yourself. First and last uh, name. Josh Warstio. Um, I've been brewing at the brewery, Grand Canyon Brewing Company, for just over five years. And, yeah, here to talk about some Creekside coffee. Creekside right coffee. All right, so we got this one right here. Who, who if you guys are listening out there, non, non-Grand Canyon Brewing Company employees. The one of you that's out there listening to us right now. There, there's some. There's some. Have you guys had the Creekside coffee brown she yet? She is an employee, who is, technically, oh, now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What is this? What, what is this that I'm holding in my hands? So this is um, our new seasonal. So we have always kind of done four seasonals a year. Uh, we used to do a more English-style brown. Uh, it was called the Winter Bourbon Brown and was, it was an English style. So it wasn't uh, as well-received by the public in general. Why? So, Why do you think that is? Uh, just... Some sweet notes to it, some uh, estuary notes from the English uh, malts and yeast that we used that uh, when we first started brewing it maybe were acceptable, and now people want a little more hoppiness, a little more uh, malt character, intense malt character. Um, So we wanted to tie it back into more of American style. Um, Everything we do in America is bigger, stronger, coffee-er. So that's where we wanted to go with this. <laughs> and you did, dude. So when I taste this thing, so this is Creekside. And I love the can art, by the way, too. Um, it's coffee. Shout man. out to Kevin. Kevin. Kevin? Uh, the, the can art. Are you the can art guy? He is. We, we got it. You, you, Kevin, you got to come up here, man. You got to talk about it. 
Yeah. He's like, no. Nope. He doesn't have to. No. He's like, I made the slide for this, and my name was not on the slide, uh, so I don't have good. to be up there. Kevin, nice work with this, man. Nice work. So, uh, who, with whom did the coffee come? Um, so, we, we did a collaboration with Peixoto Coffee down in Phoenix. Yeah. Um, we actually, we took our old brown ale, and we brought it down here. Uh, it was in a package for a year so it wasn't exactly primo but we we got the character that we were looking for and we we knew we were already going to take this in a more american style uh, a little bit more bitter a little bit uh less of that estery character more uh clean fermentation profile and real quick to interrupt you it's like so people that don't know what like estery means like what what is um, how would you describe that our our old brown had more of kind of like a raisiny note to it okay um which was partly from the malts that we chose to use. One of the brown malts that we used is kind of already has some of that character to it, and then okay. the yeast that ferments it also throws off some of that uh, raisiny note. So we were trying to dial that back. Um, obviously, adding coffee in at the stage that we were planning on adding it at this point, uh, we wanted to really profile the coffee. And, again, working with them, um, they were selecting a roast for us that they wanted to match exactly to the profile that we were looking to do with this beer. So it was really cool to go down there. I I drink coffee every day, but I don't necessarily drink good coffee. So going down there and having them uh, sit down with us, taste through a couple different roasts that they had selected specifically for this collaboration. Um, Garrett, who was the the roaster down there at the time, and then uh, Spencer took over shortly after that. And uh, Kevin was the guy that did all the actual cold brew down okay. there for us. And he actually came up and canned it with us the, the day that we canned it, too. That's not so. Kevin that did the can art. Not, not our like, Kevin. Damn, this guy. Kevin. Yeah, busy <laughs> guy. No, no, no. Can art Kev. I'm like, where's can art Kev? Where'd he go? <laughs> um, yeah, so Kevin came up, worked with us for eight and a half hours canning this stuff. Um, whenever we run the 16-ounce cans on our canning line, it's not the smoothest process. So, uh couple hiccups here and there and then after after we were all done got to go taste some of the barrels at the distillery as well and i think he had a had a good time with us as well and we really appreciated the the work that he did making the cold brew obviously and then helping us out um the day of how so for you guys uh because you you get a lot of like when you get these collaborations uh there's a lot of like hey man where's what's a local uh you know Macy's Coffee or whatever in Flagstaff or something like that, right? For you guys to go to, to Peixoto, it, which is an excellent choice because I feel like Peixoto would be the ones that, who would say not just like, hey, here's our house blend. It's like, no, man, we, right. like, they're very scientific with the way they do their coffee. Exactly. So, and yeah. so, yeah, the first time that I actually met Garrett was the time that we went down there and he had already, um, Alex, our marketing and sales director had already taken our beer down there he'd already kind of laid the groundwork of like this is the beer that we want to do yeah um we want to change our winter seasonal we want to make it something that's uh has that coffee character has that i mean for us up north we want something that's uh that's going to be warming and something that's going to be what you want to drink in the winter time in front of a campfire or not a campfire but a or a campfire a f- fireplace yeah um, I'd do it in a firm campfire too why not yeah. don't exclude well, if those if you're in Phoenix you can do it in the campfire <laughs> that's right yeah. that's you don't want to be camping when it's uh, yeah <laughs> don't want to be camping when it's uh, December in <laughs> Williams but, yeah <laughs> um, but yeah that was kind of the base that they they laid out and like I said he 
heated a couple different roasts to try to dial in what what we were looking for. Um, we wanted to use American hops. We wanted to get that bitterness. We wanted to get that uh, a little bit more of that citrus character. And so the roast that they did was very um, chocolate, uh, cocoa, and citrus forward. Yeah. Um, drinking the coffee itself, we were kind of able to think about what types of malts we wanted to use to really really try to get that in spec and get it exactly where we wanted it yeah uh brandon our brewer one of our brewers um did a lot of the legwork on developing this recipe nice. and uh so props to him for Hell that yeah good for um, brandon, it turned man. out really really good yeah and, um yeah i mean we we couldn't have been happier with the way it turned out is there caffeine in this it's got to be right there it's got to be um i would the, the girls know Do they know she's on the phone she's calling somebody how much caffeine is in the uh, creek side? Google it. <laughs> Google it. No, we did. Um, so the the stuff that they gave us, uh, we got we sent our kegs down there. They filled them up from their uh, cold cold brew setup, and so we put about three and a half kegs into our uh, tank that we brewed it. So there's some there's some there's a decent. Amount. I don't there. think it's appreciable. <laughs> I don't think you're gonna you know be up all night yeah. after you drink it by any means. I mean, I can guarantee you, you won't because I've done it before. But <laughs> you've ex- you've run through the experiments. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you drink it at night, you're not gonna f- stay up all night. Yeah. But um, yeah, you just get that that nice uh, roasty character that really adds to the malt. So yeah, we actually originally we had a plan to do a little more roasted malt in this brown, but we ended up dialing that back because of the the roast character that you really get accentuated from the yeah. coffee that's added. Dude, it's a good combo because um, I think sometimes when you put coffee into into a stout, at least for me, for my preferences, like I can do about ten ounces of that, maybe. Right? That's that's right. just a little too much for me. Uh, but a brown ale with coffee. Dude, that's kind of why, yeah, yeah. why we wanted to go that route. I mean, for one, we already had a brown ale as our winter seasonal, so we didn't want to go too far away from that. Um, we like the style. I, American brown ales are one of my favorite styles, yeah. so um, to do something kind of simplistic, but also you get all those nuances of the different malts that you use, and to add coffee into that really... Uh, took it to the next level for us yeah nice work man nice work so uh, i have to drink the th- three of these before we're done with our interview well we've got three more yeah. so <laughs> you're only on number one right now <laughs> do, you want another fill? Do, you, do i need to finish this right now yeah if you want to yeah might as well what about you guys anybody out there have you guys been to the grand canyon this guy i know this guy now <laughs> go tomorrow right. go tomorrow go today right down there that's a guy from, uh, he's a brewer from Fate. Oh. I forgot his name. I was going to call him out, but then I forgot his name. Well, maybe not drive up there after strong beer, though. Not dri- maybe oh, the next day. Oh, look at this guy. This guy <laughs> creeping me out always. <laughs> uh, so this guy, we've got Greg from Cold Brew Podcast here. Another great beer podcast here in the state of Arizona. I didn't say you weren't. I, 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 I know. I know. <laughs> Just kidding, man. Love this dude. Does some good work as well. You guys enjoy yourselves. I'll catch up with you later. Yes. Don't sabotage my podcast. I'm just kidding. <laughs> he just did. He did. Ah, ah, took yeah. you off the rails. That, very strategic. That was very strategic <laughs> of him. Uh, so you guys just opened up a uh, location in Flagstaff as well. Correct. Yeah. That's awesome, man. How's that going? 
Uh, the tap room's doing great. We are still working on some licensing through the city of Flagstaff to make sure we can actually brew there. Okay. Um, it's been a little more of a headache than we want it to be. Which is uh, the story of craft beer, right? It is a story of craft beer. Um, story of not being in small town Williams anymore, I guess. Yeah. But, um, we're, we're just really excited. Um, myself, Ronnie, and Brandon, our brewers, are just really pumped to be able to kind of not brew Pilsner and Amber all the time. Yeah. I mean, not to say that we don't love those beers. That Pilsner is our shift beer, for sure. But we want to be able to do some some fun other stuff, um, some Imperial Stouts, some Saison, stuff like that. that like, we can, not just a, like wild ale well, doing whenever some wild you're ale doing, kind of stuff yeah right well yeah. that too yeah well we haven't really done many uh small scale wild stuff even since since we got to our new facility which is a 40 barrel brew house so a lot of what we're doing right now is just you know filling cans getting the kegs down to phoenix getting them out to uh up to the canyon itself um that's our main distribution points so we just want to be able to do some fun stuff that you can only get if you come to one of our two tap rooms. Sure. So either yeah. there in Flagstaff or in Williams. Um, yeah. And having a facility in Flagstaff is obviously great because a lot of people won't come all the way through Flagstaff to Williams because there's so many great breweries in Flagstaff already. Sure. What, what would the point be to drive an extra 60 miles round trip? Um, so we're pumped to have a tap room there, uh, be able to involve ourselves in that. I know... You just talked with uh, Mother Road about the collaboration that we were able to be a part of, yep. that uh, Flag 8 or Flag 9 collaboration that we did there, um, which we were excited about as well. Because so. you were 9. That's why you were confused, we were, right? We were the number, were nine. number 9. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it was Flag 8 last year, I think, right? Mm. Flag 9, thanks to you guys. That's awesome, man. That's that's you guys fit naturally into that into that that community. You know what I mean? Because you you guys are pretty much buddies with all them guys, anyways, right? Yeah, I mean, like for the most part. Yeah, yeah. You know, like the Dark Sky guys. It's and, been and, it's yeah. been great. We've done a lot of collaborations with them already. Um, yeah. I've been able to spitball off of uh, Campbell over at Mother Road a lot. On, I mean, they've been growing extremely quickly yeah. alongside yeah. of us. So to uh, be able to bounce ideas back and forth and things like that is always good excellent man excellent so what what would you say what's in the next year for for grand canyon brewing um i think we're we're looking at getting a lot more distribution down into the valley actually we've got a lot of uh big chain accounts that are just starting to open up um alex our (laughs) our director of sales and the the entire CCD team has really worked really hard on helping get us into these different distribution outlets. So we're excited to really expand um, getting those, uh, you know, the Pilsner, our Trail Hike IPA, which is kind of our our, our baby that we yeah. were just able to session? start. Session? That's a, start that's a session, session IPA right? yep. that we just, just released last year, and it's already been one of our biggest releases ever um, and keeps growing. Uh, the Kachina Ale that we have a partnership with um, the Coyotes. Oh, yeah. A uh, yeah. hockey team. So we've got a lot of points of distribution just in the arena itself, but also to be able to get that beer out into the open and out to the public outside of the arena um, is really cool. And, you know, this this whole flag location, like I said, is really exciting for us to be able to lay down some smaller batch stuff, do some cool barrel-aged stuff, some sours, some just weird out there styles that you know we've we've we all want to do as brewers but yeah you've got to be able to scale it so that you can sell it all yeah 
Well, it's that, it's that balance, the combination of, of, uh, of the beers that you got to make combined with the beers that you want to make, right? Because you got to be able to fill, you know. Oh, and you don't guys get me wrong. We, we love making Pilsner. Sure it's, sure. it's a fun beer to make. It's cool to use all these. Uh, we use a lot of traditional malts and hops and stuff from, from Europe. So yeah. it's cool to be able to be a part of that brewing history and... I mean, we feel like we do a pretty good job of exemplifying the Pilsner style. So um, for that to be our flagship is really cool, and obviously it's our best seller. So we can't talk down on it for sure. Hell no. It is still fun to, to be able to do some fun cool unique stuff awesome man awesome well the sun is beating down my back right now so (laughs) so you guys if you haven't been to the grand canyon brewing company table it's right over here right everybody who's listening right next door right over here see where i'm pointing don't even listen to my word just go these guys you guys can drink right can you drink beer yeah grand canyon brewing company right over there grab some beers (laughs) a sticker yeah I, absolutely, absolutely. Hold on, we got a question from a fan here. Can my friend Mike get a sticker? <laughs> yes, Mike can get a Calling sticker. Him out. Everybody that's listening right now, you can Old, get a tap that easy sticker, including only Mike. If Mike your name is gets, Mike. <laughs> only yes. if your name is Mike. All Mikes at the Strong Beer Festival. Listen, you get a free sticker at the Tap That Easy tent and the Arizona Beer Book. It's right behind Santan. Right over there. Grab some free stickers. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You can ask. So the, the guy's question was tap that easy. How has that book turned out? It's great, man. I, I don't look, think I've seen it yet. You got to come over and, t- and take a look at it. Hell it yeah. turned out really good. 200 pages. So we did an Arizona beer book. But, but his question was, what, was tap, what is tap that easy? Can you explain what tap that easy is, Josh? It's a fantastic podcast hosted by yours truly. Uh, <clears throat> A podcast about podcast Arizona beer. all about craft beer, uh, cider, etc. Yep, um, everything within Arizona. Yeah, yep, yeah. So we've if you guys been, like podcasts. We've been a pleasure to be a part of it. Yeah, one of my favorite episodes I recorded was with these guys. They we had a we had a blast that that whole night. Like, Don't if we would, who what? I don't know who I should listen to: the drunk guy having a conversation, or the guy or the that has grass all over his hands. <laughs> That's strong He's trying to make a point you, with grass all over his hands. All right, time to cut it off. <laughs> Shutting it down. Come on, Mike. God damn it. <laughs> Give this man a sticker. <laughs> yeah, you earned a sticker, Mike. Go get a sticker. Grab a couple. Yes. <laughs> she made it on the podcast. You might as well. Josh, thanks so much, man. Absolutely. Keep Pleasure up the good work. With you. Yeah. you too, man. You too. Let's, uh, let's go get some uh, more beers. Absolutely. Cool. Hey, look at this creep. I mean, good guy. <laughs> Okay, now we're live and clear. <laughs> Let's get a round of applause for that brewery. These guys are waiting for that brewery, right? Can you guys clap? Yeah. Everybody over there? Hey, that brewery. That brewery. You guys have shade over there. These guys are looking. Hi. Can you clap? <laughs> They're looking right at us. There you go. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> we are here live. Strong Beer 2020. 2020. 20th. The 20th Strong Beer on 2020. Wait, right? Is that right? I think that's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. All right. Off to a good start. Who are you and what do you do? Uh, my name is uh, John. 
Just John Dudley Scarborough. John, no, yeah. um, the two D- last names? Yeah. Or middle name, Dudley. Dudley's kind of a first name. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or it could be a... F- uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's English. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, John Scarborough. I'm from the Verde Valley, and I work at that brewery. Excellent, man. Excellent. And you guys... You guys are doing some awesome shit. I'll just I'll I'll just say that, right? Yeah, yeah we have fun. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I noticed that when I came up and did the podcast with you guys, that was a good time, man. Yeah, that was that was great. Yeah, we yeah. did one of my favorite pictures that I've ever done on the podcast in front of the van. Nice. The tap that van. Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, wait, is it the tap that van? Does it say tap? Yeah, that? it's right there. Yeah, yeah, the van. Right. You guys. The other side says tap that. You yeah, can't that's see it from right. The side, but that's right. And the, there's four thousand people in front of our booth trying our uh, barrel aged goat milk caramel stout dude that was a great transition nice segue it's like i've done this before john you're a natural my friend so what so as part of the 20th strong beer festival collaborations were a big part of it they wanted to make sure they wanted to get a lot of collaborations going so um some people collaborated with breweries there was distilleries this is a little bit of a different type of collaboration right yeah well we've been doing a lot of i guess what you can call collaborations throughout the years um the goat milk um people are actually my uh youngest daughter's uh school teacher and they have a goat farm they uh live in uh cornville arizona they make this great products and goat milk soap. They make uh, seasonings. They make all this crazy stuff out of goat milk. All as goat milk as the ingre- the yeah. prime ingredient. Yeah, it's uh, they're amazing people, really great people, and uh, they make this caramel sauce. And they sent some home with my kid, and I was like. I'm putting this in a beer. Yeah. Did they know that? Did they know that you're no, a brewer? No, no, no. <laughs> hey, give this to your yeah. dad. <laughs> no, and I like called my teacher, and I was like, my kid's teacher, and I was like, hey, I'm making a beer out of this. I need, like, you know, 100 gallons. Yeah. Of, and they're like, what? <laughs> we can give you 12 ounces. Yeah. Like, out this 12 ounces? Sure. Yeah, per you know pint. how long it takes us to make... 12 gallons of caramel? <laughs> yeah. So how does that work then? So when, once, so you you try the caramel, you're like, all right, this shit is legit. Right? Yeah. This is good. This is good caramel. We want to use it. We need you to produce at a, at a high volume. Hoppy Craftsman, right there. there. Representing, representing. Walking by. Uh, yeah, yeah. The bright hats, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Can't miss them. <laughs> so you guys decide, all right, we want to do, well, what, what made, all right. As a brewer, you probably constantly say, I would love to make a beer with that, right? You have a burger at the stand here in Phoenix, and you're like, dude, I want to make a beer with that. Yeah, but uh, everybody kind of looked at me uh, a little crazy, you know. Because of of the goat milk? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got a lot of looks, and I still do. Yeah. I think that's just you. I think it's, well, yeah, it might be me, but uh, like the name goat in a beer is like, so... I don't know. I'll take the first goat beer. Yeah. Whatever. Hell yeah. Innovation. Yeah. John. Just weirder stuff out there. That brewery in Cottonwood, and is it Pine? Yeah. Pine. Yep. Pine is the original location. Cottonwood is the... the second location. Second location. Production facility. Yep. And uh, John Scarborough here is paving the way for goat beer. For goat beer. For goat beer. <laughs> so you sit, you're like, all right. Look, we- look for Yak Beer 2021. Yak. Oh, dude. The Yak Attack. Yep. Can we do make that a tap that oh, easy man. collaboration? Yeah. The Yak Attack. Oh, it's yep. coming. Yep. These guys will buy it. Would you guys buy a Yak Attack? 
collaboration? Yeah, yeah, they would. <laughs> He's like, no. The guy's like, nope, absolutely. I don't even care what's in it. I am Yak not touching that shit. Yak milk is the sweetest, by the way. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So why haven't, like, hipster coffee places caught on to that? Um... You know, I think it was like a Mongolian thing. They uh-huh. they fermented yak milk. And, oh yeah, into like uh, yeah, like a, into like like a, a vodka booze. kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. 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 I remember that on booze traveler. Shout yeah. out to my man Jack Maxwell, I'm booze traveler. Oh. He drank some yak booze, uh, <laughs> some <laughs> extra <laughs> minute or something. <laughs> I don't know. So all right, man. I can't I, even I, imagine I, what that looks like. <laughs> You're just like drink that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Not you know what's that. really cool about it? So. Um, I don't know if you ever listened to episodes, uh, but I've done a couple episodes with him where he was like a guest, uh, Jack, uh, Jack from from Booze Traveler, really good dude. And his whole thing was, you know, he goes all these different countries, and yeah, you get like yak milk vodka drinks. He's like, but I'm not going to disrespect these people in their culture. He's like, I'm, I'm drinking, I'm drinking that, I'm drinking I'm that man. Drinking it, I am man. drinking that, and he drank it. He's like, yeah, you know, yeah, you got to drink it. Yeah, you I would, gonna, dude, I would, I, I would, I would eat anything. Yeah, I would eat anything. I ate a box one time, like a, <laughs> I ate a big. Mac box for like five dollars when I was in it seventh grade. It still had grade. the cheese on the inside, huh? <laughs> it's all, no, dude, yeah. that's the best. That's cheese. the best Big Mac box you'll <laughs> yeah, ever eat. Yeah. Uh, shit. I think I keep asking this question and then we never get to it. But you decide you're going to do this beer with with goat milk caramel. How are they able to, to produce the amount that you guys need to 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 do this? Um, they have like four goats that okay. produce milk and. Uh, funny thing about goats is you got to milk them at the same time every day okay and uh did you know know that before i did not i I learned a lot about goats (laughs) in this process of making this beer um but yeah so they produced enough within about a month and a half 75 yeah wow and and was that all of their like that you you took up their whole reserve yeah yeah but they were probably happy with that like they're they're, stoked they're great yeah they're great people so, what do you think makes this beer? I mean, obviously, it's it's goat milk, right? Instead of just a normal normal caramel. But yeah, what, what taste wise, what do you think makes this things a little bit different? Um, you know, a lot of people. So there's people that love goat milk and they hate goat milk. Okay, very polarizing milk. Yeah, yeah. And so when people hate it, they get that like taste. It's very kind of almost sour and a little gamey. Okay, is what I hear, and it kind of is to me too. But I just like enjoy that flavor and that taste you know so what it's a little yeah. it's a little different and, and you can tell in the beer especially when it warms up yeah when it starts warming up you get a little bit more of that kind of gamey character in the beer yeah it, and it's almost not as it's not as um i don't think it's as, it's as thick as a normal like uh stout or whatever that would be um that have you know something like caramel or chocolate in it I just right. feel, you know, I don't know. Maybe that's just me because I'm been in the goddamn sun for two hours. Yeah, because the sun's blazing on <laughs> our like face, right on my neck. Happy birthday to the classy alcoholic! Yay, everybody! Happy birthday, classy alcoholic! Uh, I feel like this is like the sixth birthday celebration of the year for him. <laughs> Hello to his friend who's waving. She's dancing. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, so. This is fantastic, man. I remember when we did the podcast, you you had mentioned you were just about, like you hadn't made it yet. I don't think. Yeah, you creeped on the brew sheet. Yeah, yeah, I did. You, I, did. <laughs> I did. Yeah, you guys didn't even tell me. I'm like, hey, what's this? And they're like, you're what like, what the, the fuck? Fu- I left it on the table, and you're like, what the fuck is this thing you're yeah. making? Go, dude. What? But this is the first time I've had it. Oh, this is the first time I've no had way. it. Yeah, because you guys didn't have it at that yeah. point, and then I think there was some sort of event. 
that was after that was it uh, I think it was Real Wild and Woody maybe you guys brought it yeah, to it's and been, I wasn't there it's been uh, flying off the shelf yeah dude yeah. that's nice are you guys any plans to, uh, to to get this out like distribute it or yeah uh, uh, so uh, actually, 26 barrels of this went down to um, Fry's, all the Fry's bars here oh, in town. So nice. we're in the Fry's Superstore behind here. Okay. Uh, they're doing a special tapping of that today. Um, if you guys listen, if you guys are in with an earshot, go try it. The special goat milk. Goat milk. The goat. Caramel stout. Goat milk caramel stout at the Fry's tent. Go get it. He wants to. I know he wants to. His friends are telling him no. Like, don't do it, dude. Do it. Follow your heart. Follow your heart, my friend. And get me one, too. <laughs> yeah. And then follow your heart back to us with a... Uh... Follow your heart, Are you Zach. getting me one, too? Oh, man. Follow your heart, Zach. Thank you very much. Is that guy's name Zach? Yep. Do you know to- him? Totally exonerated. Yeah, that's the famous uh, Zach Schneider right there. Who is... Uh, should I, I should know. You should know that guy. Who the hell is Zach Schneider? I'm going to do a shirt called Who the Hell is Zach Schneider? Yeah. I, I probably fucking butchered his last name, too. <laughs> <laughs> who, who is he? Huh? I got, got it. it. You got yeah. it. All right, cool. Crowd cool. says I got it. <laughs> so, one thing I wanted to, wanted to talk with you about is uh, we talked about this a little bit when we when I did the episode with you, but uh, your history with uh, winemaking. So you came from the winemaking world. Yeah. How long were you a winemaker? Uh, well, in all, I was in the industry for about twenty years. Okay. Uh, Ten years as a professional winemaker. Okay. Ten yeah. years professional winemaker. Yeah. And how long have you now been with that? Because that's the only. That is that. Wait, was the word? Is that that the only that? that? I've been with that for about four years. Okay. Um, I do a lot of other things too, consulting for uh, winemaking as well. Nice. Still in. You know, keep my hands. I try to keep a little skin in the game everywhere. Yeah. Um, just because it's all fun and, you know. It's all alcohol. It's all alcohol. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. Shout out to? Zach. Zach. Appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Totally exonerated. <laughs> Dude, and you know what? What's really interesting about this, and I just noticed it with this first taste, Um is you ha- you can taste I'm a big fan of goat cheese. Yeah. Right? You got a there's a little bit of that which sounds interesting but it works. Yeah. If you can you That's can what I was a- saying about people that hate that flavor. Fucking hate that yeah. flavor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but if you love it, you yeah. love it and I love so it. So people that hate that flavor for I'm going to hate this beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Either you love it or you hate it. Right. You ever were you a fan of Mitch Hedberg? Oh the yeah, comedian. yeah, yeah. He was funny. What he was talking about, he's like, he was in a band. He's like, it was a heavy metal band. We weren't that heavy metal, so they were not. They weren't like, uh, what was it, Cannibal Corpse, whatever. He's like, we were injured. <laughs> and then he was like, uh, oh shit. Oh, he's like, yeah. He's like, people are either liked us or they hated us or they thought we were okay. <laughs> That's not the case for this one. No, it's no either one loved thinks or this hated. beer is okay. Yeah, it's. I think it's fucking great, yeah, man. I think I love it's it. really good. Hey, no swearing. Who's swearing? Oh, that was me. Oh, sorry. Shit. <laughs> Shit's not a bad word anymore. They can say it on cable television. That's true. That is true. My kids still call me out for saying it, but, you know, they're little assholes, so that's what kids do, right? Just kidding. Can anybody hear that? You guys hear that? <laughs> Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Do you hear me talking shit about my kids? Damn it. Damn it. 
Kids are awesome. This isn't on video. Is are there it? any kids no. here? Just going out to the etherwebs. Yeah. Okay. yeah. The yeah. interwebs. Nah, we got time to edit it before, so. Oh, let's uh, not edit it. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> we should. We should not. I think this is rolling good. So I was going to ask you. So with with your wine history, do you do you think that that gives you an interesting perspective on? beer making because you've got that I mean it's fermentation right I mean it's uh, not saying that it's the same but no it's but, uh, completely different but it did give me a little kind of leg up when I came into the industry and then also uh, the winemaking I would bring things both ways from what I've learned from making beer and what I've learned from making wine I think there's a good there's a there's some middle ground that Neither a winemaker or a brewer think about it's the okay. same c- conversation. Yeah, if you know what I'm saying. Sure, sure. Like you, you know your process. You know like what you go through, and you know the kind of like the I'll yeah. say the checklist, but kind of a checklist, right? Yeah. And then the winemaker would have their own checklist, but there. But it's like that- there's some cool things that you'd be like, oh, why didn't I think about that? Yeah. Why didn't I do that when I was making wine? Where when I'm brewing, I'm like. Oh, I can bring this stuff that I learned from winemaking and do it over here. Yeah. And it's like a totally legit, interesting, safe process. Sure. Know, whatever it could be. Well, this one, too, this is this is barrel-aged, right? This is the yeah. barrel-aged uh, uh, goat milk caramel stout. Two years. It's been it's been sitting in there for two years. Yep. Holy shit! So I would say too, your your knowledge on barrels is pretty extensive. Do I see a top that AZ shirt? Hell yeah! Nice work, buddy. Thank Good you job. so much. Good job. <laughs> Air high five for yeah, you, buddy. Yes, yes. <laughs> I love it. Um, so, what was my question? Uh, yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, so, no, with barrels, right? So oh, this barrels, thing's been yeah. sitting in barrel for two years, man. That, like, that's a long time. It's a long time for a beer to be sitting in, and not a bad way, I've seen a bad way, but, like, that's that's patience. Um, and, there's some things I brought over from the wine world that I do with my barrel aging. Okay. Um, one of them is keeping them topped up, even if it's with fresh beer or whatever. Um, the less air headspace ratio you have safer that beer is and okay. it's, it's doing the micro thing through the through the wood you know it is supposed to being exposed to a ton of oxygen on top sure sure so that's just one thing kind of i do you gotta and, keep i mean you gotta be on top of that shit yeah it's every yeah. well i mean it's every couple months yeah I'll, I'll go through and top it up but it takes like a gallon okay so okay. i can use fresh wort or i can use finished beer i don't really care i just top it up yeah interesting man is that a, is that a wine technique it, or yeah, is that just I mean, a, you want to keep your barrels topped in the wine yeah. world. And, uh, you know, a lot of barrel-aged beers get that kind of pedicule, that, like, yeast foam over the top to protect it. Okay. And so, um, being a winemaker, that just always kind of grossed me out. So, yeah. I just fill them up. <laughs> That's a way to put it, too. Uh, Made me want to throw up, so I changed the yeah, process. Just, yeah. <laughs> so, it, it could be wrong, could be right. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Hey, man, okay. it's working, man. It I'll is working. I'm probably getting judged from both fucking sides of the aisle here. <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. Anybody have an opinion on uh, on uh, John's brewing process? Do you have an opinion, Zach? Should I? It's pretty good. <laughs> I was there once, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I was there once, so thumbs up. Absolutely, yes. Uh, dude, thanks for jumping on the mics, man. It's always good talking to you. You uh, too. I wish we could talk more often. Well, we need to make it happen, let's man. Let's do this. Yeah. I, I'm We're overdue for one, anyway. Yeah, we are. We are. We need to do a beer, couple beer 101s, man. Oh, man. Easy. Yeah. Um, oh, I got another interesting thing to add. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
Are we are we recording this? Is this going to go out? Yeah, it should be out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is okay, going to be released this as an episode. Out. Yeah. Um, so I'm working with uh, Yavapai College right now. Uh, up in the Verde Valley, yeah. they, also, they have a Verde Valley campus where they do the uh, wine school, and so they have an accredited wine school up in the Verde Valley. So I've been talking to them about doing a brewing, accredited brewing course, sixteen hour course, yeah, um, credit hour, so you'll get good credits for it. Um, I'll the be the instructor. Credit, that's yeah. like, that's like a semester's worth of credits. Yeah, based on when I went yeah. to college in two thousand and one. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so it's a whole semester, and. Uh, I'll be uh, instructing the course up there at nice. Yavapai College. This yeah. is like, you got the thumbs up for this? Uh, it's in the works. So, yeah. we're, you know, we're just kind of working this out and uh, working out the things. But it's going to be a great thing for the beer industry in Arizona. I mean, I know none of us, none of these people are looking at us, but, you know, <laughs> one of these jerks might want to brew beer one day. You know? Yeah. Yep. You never so, know. Yeah. Yep. And they might learn from the best jerk of them all. Yeah. John Scarborough, that brewing company. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was waiting for that. uh, We just got a middle finger from somebody. That was just perfect. Can I get another fuck John Scarborough over there? (laughs) All right, everybody on the Uh, count of three, say fuck John Scarborough. One, One, two, two, three. three. Fuck John Scarborough. (laughs) Perfect. Heard a little bit of uh, Pink Floyd. Just the vocals. Hello. Like an acapella. Is there anybody in here? <laughs> Not I don't know. Is there anybody me. in there? Is there anybody in there? That's a good okay. song. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just a little pinprick. Do what? All the way off? Maybe? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, James. So we... Who... Who are you, and what do you do? Me llamo Estanisaro. I am the uh, founder of uh, Gentleman's Brewing Company and Barrio Brewing Company. We started business in May 1 of 1991. I am the oldest fucker that there is (laughs) in Arizona for uh, brewing and his own beer. Wow, shit. Wear that with a uh, that is a badge of honor for you too. It should be. Um, at times it was a badge of disgrace. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, shit, like rob the beer, shit. It's like going okay, okay, okay. I'll, I'll try harder. Yeah. So, what? Why? Why did you want to get into beer? Like, why did you? Because you guys are legends. I mean, Barrio is like one of those linchpins of Arizona beer. So, thank you for that. Where did that come from? Like, where did you, why did you say, hey, you know what? Let's open up a brewery. There's no problems with breweries. It's very smooth. There's never any issues with anything. This was before right. breweries. <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah. It, it, so I grew up in Tucson, Arizona. And in 1978, I had to either decide to live at home and go to the U of A or leave home and go to NAU. Okay. And it was $287 a semester, which is still a little bit pricey. <laughs> um, so as the years went on. Wait, wait, you're 287 for the entire semester for like 12 uh, classes or whatever you. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the cost yeah. of books. This is like, 
fossils. Yeah. This is really just fossils. Archaeology that you're didn't even about. exist because there was some, nothing old enough to dig up at that point, right? So at some point um, around 1980, I got a job as the bud man on campus, and my job was to go out to bars and promote uh, Budweiser. Okay, and, this was at U of A. No, NAU. Oh, because NAU. I grew up next to them. Uh, yeah. You're not following the story at all here. <laughs> so once I got up there, I literally walked into a bar and there was a gal who said, can I buy you a, a, a Bud Light? And I'm like, oh, yes, you can. <laughs> and six months later, I had her job. Ah, so, and so I shit. worked for Golden Eagle Sales. Yeah. And that was my first thing. And, and, and for to, to go back, between uh, World War II uh, and the Korean War, my dad had gone back to St. Louis, where he was from, and worked at Anheuser-Busch, uh, raking the beechwood chips out of uh, the tanks. And so I grew up as a Budweiser boy. Ah. You know, that's the that's the beer that we drank because my dad and so anyway it was natural at that point and it was also I was paid still the best job I've ever had outside of employing myself I was paid $75 a week and 10 cases of beer 10 a week Oh yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, so I was influencing the fraternities or whatever, and this yeah. is doing this or that. But that's where I got my beer uh, marketing knowledge, I guess. Yeah. So and you were given the ten cases. It's like, hey man, get this out, get the word out. Ten cases. Yeah. And seventy-five bucks. Boom. What was bigger for you, the seventy-five bucks or the ten cases? The ten cases. $75 to not buy 10 <laughs> yeah, cases. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. You know, how many quick marks you go to? So, after that, um, I met my amazing uh, partner, uh, Tana, and we moved off in 1984 and went to San Francisco because uh, a friend of mine had said, Hey, I can get you a job in San Francisco bartending because I had my. Uh, undergraduate degree in journalism, and I think that that was a kind That's of a, a, a natural jump. You know, like if you <laughs> have to actually pay your rent and feed yourself, yeah. journalism wasn't your thing. And so that's where it started. And, and, and then um, I was bartending, and at a point, uh, a liquor salesman from uh, Southern Wine Spurs walked in and said, Hey, you should sell alcohol. And that's when I started with them. And then they moved, uh, you know, and said, Hey, you're going to go get all this stuff. And um, they gave me the first uh, brewer's license to go try to sell them wine. And that was. Uh, in Berkeley, California. It wasn't the first one. There's like three or four before, but that okay. was the first one because when you go to work for a distributor, they go, hey, you get all of the crap yeah. that, that nobody <laughs> else wants to deal with. Right? Sell this shit so kind of thing, right? I, yeah. and, I, and I walked into, uh, which was uh, Berkeley's first you know, brewery, Triple Rock. So they started as Roaring Rock, but the uh, Rolling Rock shut them down for uh, trademark infringements. Latrobe Rolling Rock shut like, these guys down. You can make your own beer. <laughs> oh, my God. And I went home, and my wife was working um, restaurants and everything else. Both of us were. And I walked home, and I just was like going, wow, if you can make your own beer, 
you drink free forever. Yeah. <laughs> so that was our. So so that was that my was start. Your motivation. That, yeah, not, yeah. not my motivation, uh, yeah. but my fucking life. Yeah. Pardon my language, but really was my life. Like, oh my god, now yeah. I now I get it. Yeah. Because I'm a good cook too. So, uh, and she goes, just write it down, and that's exactly what was written down. And then so. Uh, we said, what, what, what time would be good for this? And it was like, San Diego. Yeah. So because I f- so love San Diego. Yeah. And so we went down there, and then San Diego said, uh, quite frankly, that uh, we will never allow a brewery in the city or in the county because they smell. So from uh, 86 to 88, um, we just hit... A dead ends. Yeah. And around 88 or 89, Arizona made it legal for brewing to happen in uh, in the state of Arizona. So made my wife and to, I... To homebrew. Right. Because yeah. I'm a native Tucson and my wife is a native uh, Mason or Masonian, I guess. A Masonian. <laughs> Mason, Masonian. Mason. I don't know. <laughs> How do you say that? That's right? a Mason. If you're from... If you're born in Mesa... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Messiah? <laughs> Messiah? No, no. Messiah? <laughs> no, no, no. Don't go there. So we moved back, and then we started in 91. Um, Barrio, uh, the, the precursor of Barrio Brewing Company was Gentleman's Brewing Company. Right downtown, right? right, right uh, no, Barrio well, Brewing Company, or uh, uh, Gentleman's Gentle. Brewing Company. It's been so long. Uh, was literally a... Uh, not even a block from the University of Arizona's Bank Gate. It's an 800 seat place that exists and will exist for the end of times. Yeah. Um, and we brewed there for a long time, and then we realized that it wasn't going to allow for expansion because of its proximity to being in the epicenter of uh, campus life, and that. Uh, around uh, uh, 99, it took like 3,000 days to 2006 or seven to open up Barrio Brewing Company. Ah. So then that's where we started. But it also gave us an amazing uh, break. Uh, when my wife and I started um, Gentleman's Brewing Company, you know, we were young and fun. And, and, and then we had children. And then all the fun goes away. Uh, no, no. <laughs> our kids, our kids were there. Yeah. Our our kids were absolutely there. Involved I mean, as you guys were from, building things. By the and, time they were thirteen years old, they yeah. worked at at, uh, at at General Benz. And but I went out to Barrio because you know, my wife and I were like, hey, we can't work together anymore because you you have your call, I have mine. And so that went on for like a long time. And then about three years ago, we sold uh, uh, Gentleman's Brewing Company, uh, which is a, just an iconic location. It'll be there for hundreds of years. That's and, a booming uh, little part of the campus right now, right? Like where that's located? Like there's a light rail there or not? Uh, there like is no larger um, uh, vertical building than there is right there right now. They built... Stupid, like it's seven, eight thousand beds, something like that. Yeah. So that was great. But at the at the end of the day, I'll be. I mean, I think two weeks from today, I'm sixty years old. Happy so, birthday, man! Yeah. To my 
milestone. Nice work. It's Aunt's birthday. Happy birthday. Go little Beatles there. And, but it's like we, I, I did not want to be a part of a place that is so um, college. Okay. So and it was like getting away from that and downsizing. Uh, in a way, because that was uh, uh, just a massive amount of stuff, and but I thought that uh, my lovely wife Tana would go. Oh, great! I don't have to do this anymore. But instead, she climbed on over to Barrio and going. You guys need. Uh, Infrastructure. Yeah. You guys need like uh, computers to run your shit, and I'm like, no, we're really just, you know, just like making beer. Yeah. And, and I said, I had no idea that I told my neighbor, uh, you know, uh, go ahead and tell your house, you'll be happy elsewhere. And then she climbs the fence. Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of awkward, and so now I'm like, going, now we have to figure our way out, yeah. and, and we are. We're attractive when it comes to business because we have a lot of wholesale. We have a lot of retail. We have yep. a lot of food. We have really a, a, an amazing balance. So, cheers from those guys. Mm. They know. They know. <laughs> so that the at the time it was like okay, so n- nothing's ever been better than it is today, and this is like. 30 odd years into it I go maybe it's time to try to and we've had people come in and offer us money to do this or that and I look around at the people that had uh, really built the business with us Yeah, that I was like I can't do this to these people to leave them to somebody else's devices Yeah, and that's when we decided fuck it yeah. We're going to absolutely just go 100% ESOP, an employee stock ownership program, and let the employees yeah. uh, run it. And and so far, it's, I mean, this is early on. This is just months into it. And yeah. I don't even know. I just wanted to fire that one guy who said to me, hey, does it mean I can't be fired? <laughs> so I just who is wanted, that guy? Who is I just wanted to know. Is it Grayson? I think it's Grayson. He's still, he's still there, <laughs> yeah. right? And I'm just like going, oh, my God. Uh, yeah. Why did you have to say that? Yeah. Because this is not, this is about, you know, not, uh, it was so frustrating for me Yeah. Um, to think that this is going to be some beautiful, like, birds flying and and things like that and then to see you know there'd be some things that we didn't expect I think Um, that's everything though right anything you any decision you make there's gonna be the other side of it where like oh shit never expected that to happen but I think it's a good move, man. I think it, I think it's a good move. And 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 anytime I've ever been to your place, like the, the it feels like a family. Like the everybody who's involved, it's it's uh, it's people take pride in what the, what they're doing at Barrio. That was the only thing we were after, and we call it culture. Um, when we sold General Benz uh, about three years ago, uh, things changed. Yeah, and. Uh, we had put 25 years into building something that we thought that would be their 2,500 years yeah. going forward. And so now when it came to uh, Barrio, there's there's a, a certain, uh, there's a culture there. 
and we and we've absolutely been so gifted with people caring about people. Yeah. So we didn't want it to turn into a this is a business decision, and you're fired because we can hire somebody cheaper or whatever. Yeah. That, that was never going to be a, a choice that we could make our you know that that we would ever make. So now that we're uh, I think the first 100% employee stock ownership plan owned brewery in America. Uh, that this is going to be kind of a, um, let's see how it turns out. Because you're going to have good, you're going to have bad. We have no idea what's going on because there's no predecessor. There's no way that we can even guess how this is going to turn out. So you're the guinea pig. We, well, <laughs> yes, because yeah. we have put yeah. in, we have put in um, uh, people in place. Uh, that we believe that will make really good decisions. And then we've put in like stops as to where they can't go borrow $10 million to launch a ship to Mars or whatever. Yeah. You know, but there's only so much you can do. Once you give it up, so many of the ESOPs uh, that have done it have done like 30% or 40% or 44.9%. So the ownership can. Uh, stay in control. Have that. And we're yeah. like, nope. Yeah. Fuck it. We're all in. Yeah. All in. All in right now. Why? And this is like, all what? in. Like how? Like how? How was it? How did you get to the point to say fuck it? Like let's 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 do it. Like how did you you and uh, Tana right? Tana. 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 I gotta meet Tana. T-A-U-N-A. Your mother was an artist and wrote her name. Yeah. <laughs> so what What got, What do you think? Was there uh, a tipping point where you guys were like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's just do it. I tipped the point to go, it's time to let the people that have been and that have counted for our success be the people that gain from that. Yeah. Um, it's odd because a lot of companies have debt or, or things like that. We were fortunate in that we've never had uh, debt uh, to to deal with. So it's not like we're dealing with banks or multiple uh, people making decisions. Uh, to us, it was like now or never. So 100%. We're not going to like 49.9. Yeah, and yeah. then if you screw it up, we'll take it back. It's like, nope. Here it is. Yeah. Just just let's do what you've been doing for all of your life and then make good decisions. Yeah. Now, that's going to be an interesting little um, pod that is played with because there will be people that are wanting to get, uh, you know, advantage yeah. um, because of how uh, employee stock ownership programs work. Uh, but at the end of the day... Uh, uh, the ESOP is not meant for somebody that's waiting tables three or four years while they're going through college. It's meant for those guys in the kitchen that I walk into every day and I see them working so hard and the guys in the brewery that show up every day. The on-tipped employees, in a way, and the managers that are like, wow, because Barrio Brewing Company is the most successful business in Tucson that I know of and because people come and it does it's not gone down and it has not had to do with like silly things of like offering this or that and it's because of the people that work there and so that's what we're trying to and and be it uh, right or wrong 
it will, it will be rewarded if the reward is not like taken and turned into something greater then sure. the only thing that we've done is to give them the opportunity yeah well, I love it too because that it, it so from the sounds of it, the guys in the kitchen and the guys in the brew house, like it's not a matter of like, hey man, I'm gonna make this beer and Dennis's names on. I don't give a shit how it turns out. Like they take that ownership upon themselves to be like, hey, this is me, man. This is me making this food. It's me making this beer. So, so having that type of team, man, that's that's huge to success. It's kind of crazy. There's a there's a junior in the kitchen. He's worked for me for like 12 years, but every time the uh, the Mega Millions, the lottery gets up to 400 million yeah. he's going to everybody and going give me a dollar 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 and and trying to figure out how they're going to get out and like blow it up because yeah. they're going to win it yeah. and I always give a dollar right? yeah. actually I give two dollars <laughs> like, so I look at him going so you're looking for a retirement you're looking for a way out yeah. you're looking for something that's not going to because of what you're making is not going to give you yeah. what what would be and so we did some uh, I don't know some actuary things had had people smart with calculators go yeah. <laughs> and they brought it back and, and they pretty much said you know anybody working for you for 20 years is going to make far more than they ever would on social security and be able to like yeah do what they do and between my, my wife and I because we are the only owners of the company in 28 years we've done pretty well yeah the money's not in selling the company the money's in running the company uh, okay and and that's why a lot of people think that you know like wow they got you know this or that but yeah run your company every day as if it were the last day it was in business figure out how you're going to make you know how you can like pay people well and make money sure um and that's what capitalism is about yeah. uh, and i'm a capitalist so love it man love it well we we actually had something we needed to talk about but i loved all that too man <laughs> oh, yes orange is my favorite color slash flavor <laughs> Mine too. I love orange, man. I love orange. All right, we need to talk about the NCAA. Is that how you say it? NCAA. Yes, now national championship double L because of double the letters yeah. that the NCAA has sent me for the last like 20, 22 years. They so, do what, like a cease and desist type of thing or like, the, like well, they careful have, how? They've tried. Yeah, yeah. So, so they've really tried. <laughs> and I said, well, you're about like 14 years too late, Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> and and so I get a letter and I, I don't even know if I respond to it, but the, uh, the, the hard facts are 1997. Um, I had made a, I had taken basically my, uh, my amber and double it up and then juiced it to get to a 10%. And when I started brewing that, the Wildcats, the Arizona, Arizona Wildcats were like sixth ranked or whatever. And once I started brewing it, they plummeted. They lost like half of their games <laughs> sent and they ended up as like a sixth seed. Uh, I was like, oh my God, uh, I cursed them somehow. <laughs> and so I was like, well, I'm going to carry through with my NCAA. 
And uh, well, that's the year that they ran, and they're the only team still to actually have beat all the number one seeds, three or four. Yeah. Because obviously they couldn't beat the one that they were at. Yeah. And then they won all 97. So this is 22 years later. And so every January I make that beer, yeah. and then and then we only make it that once, yeah. and then years that we put into it in bourbon barrels and sh- things like that. I go the NCAA has been that um, has been that beer because of the national championship Arizona yeah. NCAA. It has nothing to do with the NCAA. Nah. It's an NCAA. <laughs> Not I like that. <laughs> Love it. If you're even thinking about it, and I, I, I just so remember because one time they ran at me hard, and I said, so so where were you like 12 years ago yeah. when it was in like the, the newspaper? And yeah. It's fun. Yeah. But I'd never think about like nationalizing that and going, oh, yeah, because uh, A, 10% uh, big ass beers don't travel well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we are broadcasting live on the speakers and into the recorder. This episode will be out in like two weeks. Are you guys big fans of Barrio? This is Dennis, owner, founder of Barrio. Yeah, we've been there. Yes, yes. Where uh, have you been to their tent today? Yes. Go again. Um, the one guy's just- <laughs> in shenanigan mode, so I'm not sure. Push his on button and see. <laughs> These people have knitted hats because this is an audio podcast. We have to describe it, but they're knitted hats with the cutouts of. You got Oberon Ale, and you've got the Tower Station over there. This guy representing local. I just want oh, to know if the you cans? that that's cap yourself. Oh yeah, look at their the actual t- the actual tin. That cap yourself. You bought that here? No, we made them. You made them? Ooh. What is your What is your Etsy account, sir? Right. Yeah. <laughs> sure. no, we need that. Yes. Send me your Pinterest information, please. Knitters are not quitters. <laughs> Please. <laughs> all, yeah. Oh, uh, shit. Well, Dennis, always great. Always great to see Barrio. Just, I mean, the branding itself. I go down with Luke, and, and you know, Luke's a great guy who's who's doing lots of stuff for you guys to get get the story about, about Barrio out. And he always forces me to eat at your guys' place, and I never, or I'm never upset about it because <laughs> it's, dude, so good. Food, great tap room, great location. And obviously, you guys have a great culture, so nice work with that, man. Well, well thank you so much. Yeah. And the next time we're closed, you <laughs> why? Oh, we missed it. Well, let's do it again. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, there was another question I was going to ask you too, Dennis. Um, all right, 20 years now for strong beer. 20 years. We got Wartega Brewing coming soon to Arizona, right? Wartega, yes. Uh, 20 years of strong beer. What What is your favorite memory? In uh, probably the third year was turning away 50% of the people that came to it. Because there you didn't have enough beer. not enough beer. Because people were loving your beer so much that you just ran out. Everybody just had strong beer and didn't have any oh, of the other beers. It was, and, it was and that was the year that beer. I brought up my 
uh, my whole door staff from General yeah. Benz to run like uh, like ID checking and stuff like that. It was really new, and this was at at the uh, Scottsdale Ballpark. Okay, and it was like the line around the building. I took a, a walk around the place and said, nobody has enough beer here to do anything. Yeah. So we chopped the line in half and 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 we had too too much like anger. But then the next year 3000 people showed up. Yeah. So It's gross. This is a strong beer festival. Yeah. But bring the stuff that people like and love. Yeah. Yeah. Just don't just don't make it about you know, all like, the crazy shit. About all the crazy shit. Yeah. yeah. So bring your, that was bring the, your staples. That was the big thing. Bring your bring bring your stable of yeah everything. What represents you? That right? There's a good there's a there's a good mix of that. Like what represents you? Like what are your what are those flagship? There's one that you guys do really well. And then what's some of the funky shit you do? Right? Like just yeah. you do a little blend of a bring little one mix of strong. Your, just yeah. bring one strong because yeah. yeah. it's like you know I don't know. How many Hollywood movies? Just bring that one guy the one that guy. you're going to say, like, 11%, I'm going to headbutt you. Yeah. But <laughs> bring stuff that, um, and my other, if I can go on to a, a diatribe here, kids 20-odd years ago were invited, strollers and stuff like uh, that, and at some point that got shut down, yeah. and I'm like, why? <laughs> why? Yeah. Yeah, you know, let the mom in with the strollers, and they used to have like balloon animals and, and all kinds of clowns yeah. and shit like that. I would love to see beer festivals get back to that. Yeah, that happened twenty years ago, but at some point, um, somebody made a decision that children should not see uh, adults drink beer. <laughs> right. Well, you know what? That's actually a really good point because that's one of the things I really love about about breweries. Is so I'm up north, right? So I'm up, uh, you know, Happy Valley area. So we got front porch and we've got Simple Machine now, right? And dude, my daughters, eight and six, they love going to. They're like, dude, they got a popcorn machine at front porch. It's great. I can I can meet somebody, have a beer with them, and the kids can play. Pac-Man, they can, it's, it's, their breweries are very family friendly, friendly. So why, why can't a beer festival be family friendly? Absolutely. Yeah. My kids, uh, my, my oldest two kids, um, in 1993, 1994, they were on the front page of the Flagstaff, uh, newspaper. Yeah. Because of the beer festival, because they were sitting there at a beer festival. Yeah. And now that's like too nasty to even show or to even yeah. think. Bring the kids in. Have a kids area. Have a mom's area. Have a non-drinker yeah. area. That's what you know. Uh, I understand that it's going to people are going to go overboard. Complicate. Sure. No, yeah. they're, they're yeah. never, never overboard because moms with their kids don't go no, not overboard. Not them. Not them. But seeing other people that, that, that can some. You're going to see that's that. really just a. Um, a, uh, a, a choice made by the planners to yeah. say that they're not um, maybe money generators or whatever. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but boy, for so many years it lasted for so long. Yeah. I remember just sitting there and seeing all these strollers and these guys twisting up balloons and the kids happy. And yeah. this is back when uh, the festival was held, the, the Sun Sounds Festival uh, was held in downtown. Ah. And I was like, that was really frigging great. Yeah. Yeah. Because you had it as a family experience and not like a like a strip club experience. Sure. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, you can't see this. Yeah, yeah. You, you just should not don't see look, this. Don't look. Look straight ahead, kid. 
heads. Yeah. 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 Two straight ahead. It's almost like the halftime performance of the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> the kid's like, what are they doing? I'm like, I don't know. Don't well, we're out there. It's not to send the kids out of the room when they had potentially like super strong women, yeah. like uh, pole dancing. And that that's what, what the f- uh, it's, just, it's so wrong. Yeah. Well, Dennis, thanks, man. Thank you. We got to we got to get down there, do a proper barrio story podcast. Me, you, and your wife sit down, have some beers, talk about barrio. I'm buying. <laughs> Excellent. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. And also, we have Bruce cruising in the valley, representing right over here. Thank you, guys. Is it <laughs> like I'm sweating my ass off? It might be. Can you guys? Hey, that guy's cheating on the Jenga. I saw him. Two hands. I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Just kidding. It was a good move. It was a good move. All right. So we are here with. Uh, who, who are you? What, what do you do? Uh, <laughs> my name is Dustin Kraft. I'm with uh, Malt Europe Malting Company. How do you spell Malt Europe? M A L T E U R O P. So we left You're the last E off. I I honestly don't know why. <laughs> we lost it somewhere along the way. I you know, I I apologize. We were too focused on the malt and yeah. just that got discarded somewhere. Too focused on your product? Exactly. Uh, I we're, hate that. We're trying yeah. to make everybody happy. I, I really apologize for it. It's super confusing, but that's where we're at. I love it, man. I love the logo too. It's simple. That that's like old. It's almost like old gas station style, right? Yeah. Like no, the, we we yeah. rebranded like a year and a half ago, and that that was really the the point was kind of to try to evoke uh, a little bit of that like '30s, '40s, like industrial, like farm implement. We're we're 100 farmer owned. Okay. Um. So that was like the idea was kind of try to to pull some of that back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and make that part of the brand. I like it, man. It, yeah. does, it does that, yeah. Plus, you got the car. It's a, it's literally on a Carhartt shirt. Yeah, no, that's awesome, man. I love that. We we like to, like I said, we're farmer owned. So, from the farm to the malt house to the brewery, there's a lot of people doing a lot of manual, a, a lot of manual labor, a lot of manual work. Sure. Um, yeah. So trying to pull that part into to what we do is is important to us. Yeah. So what what do you do? Like what is what is what is what does your company do? So we're obviously a, a maltster. Um, you know, our big thing is how do we translate? Like, we want to do something that works for the farmer. Yep, works for the maltster and works for the brewer, and it's translating all that together and uh, and kind of how do we relate everybody to each other? Because there's a lot of times there's disconnect. Sure, and brewers never get to talk to farmers and. The maltster's kind of the intermediary, but a lot of brewers don't even know what maltsters do. Yeah, yeah. Um, and really, our whole job is to take an agricultural product. You've got barley that's got a really wide range um, from year to year, variety to variety, different locations, all that. And how do we condense that down as much to get as consistent of a product as we can? Okay. Um, to create a malt for the brewers where they can take that and even break it down even further to get as most consistent beer as possible. Yeah. So that's really kind of what we do. Okay. Gotcha. So it's it's not, I mean, not only are you guys providing malt, like there's like a consultative approach to it as well. Like not just like, hey, here's our malt, good luck. It's more like, hey, how can we, how can we help you? How can you help us no, type I, of thing? Absolutely. And we're, 
we're super into the technical side. Um, for me specifically, like I, I spent nine years brewing professionally. Um, and it's really about like I, I see myself more as a consultant than a salesperson. Okay. Yeah. Um, so when we go into a brewery, like invariably, like somebody's got some issue they're working on, and it's really how do we help you solve that? How do we help you get through it? Yeah. And then by the way, if you want to like if you want to buy some malt, like we can help you with that too. Sure. Um, the company's super cool in that like we have probably one of the better malt labs in the world. Okay. Um, and a malt lab, which yeah. is. So, yeah, we we offer that service to anyone. If you want to send us a malt sample, like we'll run it through and analyze it and tell you kind of what we see of it. Okay. Um, you don't so even I, have you don't have to tell us who it's from. I'm gonna start sending you shit. Like just like yeah, no, absolutely. Like, this is a uh, mac and cheese from. from I'm not gonna sprouts. lie. Like like people have done it. Like I've had customers send in like raw barley. Yeah. And be like, what do you think of this malt? And we're like, well, it's raw barley. Um, oh shit. But you know, it's we we want to add something to community. We want to add some value. Yeah. Um, and and even if that's for folks who aren't our customers, like. That's a big part of what we do. Sure. We're the only commercial monster that has a barley breeding program. Okay. So we actually develop new varieties of barley for the craft industry specifically. Wow. Like um, to, the, to hit like f- certain flavor profiles or... Yeah. So yeah. The, the two that we have out right now are called Mayflower and 058. Um, and they're... Sounds like uh, the other legal industry in, in uh, Colorado. <laughs> exactly. Um, we need to work on our names a little bit to get into that one. But, this is the uh, purple haze. Exactly. Uh, purple you know, there, barley. There's purple there, barley. This yeah. is like the this is the Montana Kush. Yeah. Um, right. We haven't gone that far yet. <laughs> yeah. Soon, uh, soon, my friend. But they're they're fun because it's um, the way I always explain it to people is it's like a. Uh, like a an American Maris Otter, not a flavor match. Okay. Um, but lower diastatic powers, lower enzymes, so it's more of the flavor the actual barley comes through. Um, and it's it's a nice balance of something that we can do for the craft industry. You can use it a hundred percent, and you'll actually get the character of the barley. Okay. Uh, but that we can also use as part of a blend for larger, like macro customers. Yeah. Um, and the importance of that is we can get enough people to grow it that there's a lot of it out there. Um, so the price is right. The availability is right. We can grow it in different regions um, and make sure that regardless of whether it's available. Uh, and it's got an interesting character for craft brewers. But at the same time, like, we can work. We can do enough volume of it that it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's always trying to balance those two things. Yeah. Nice, man. Well. Yeah. How's how's it been in Arizona? Like so, you you now you're experiencing the Arizona beer scene uh, firsthand today, literally at yeah. Strong Beer Festival. Uh, what what? Yes, <laughs> what he said. Yes, I couldn't have said it any better. He looked me straight in the eye with both eyes. It was impressive. They were crossed, but that's cool. That's cool. It's Strong Beer Fest. He's he's uh, been through a couple of beers. We yes, we, we, we yeah. get it. Yeah, we're all sympathetic. Yeah. Yes. I'm a little uh, I'm a little bit uh, jealous to be honest with you. But uh, so, uh, what do you feel about the Arizona beer scene? Like, what do you, what do these guys got? They, what is that? Uh, is that muscle milk? Super coffee. Super, <laughs> super muscle. I, I feel yeah. like super coffee deserves yeah. like a flex. Yeah, super coffee protein and MCT oil. Like How nice. Zero sugar. You bought a case of that? No, I actually bought a case of that from They just gave it to you? 
these, son of a bitch. Like, these what? ladies are pretty ch- pretty like they're pretty buff. Yeah. They, so, they need those medium chain triglycerides. Like, I think it's interesting that she has a whole thing of mocha coffee, and then she has like a doggy poop bag in their other hand. Okay, all right, fair enough, fair she's, enough. She's living her best life over there. Well, that is that is sustainability right there, pooping in plastic bags. Nice work, ladies. Keep it up. <laughs> all right, before we wrap this up, man. Uh, Arizona beer. What is, what is uh, so you you coming from really one of the meccas of craft beer, right? Yeah. Uh, Denver um, is just. I mean, you think of Denver, Portland, and and San Diego, right? Now you come into this new beer scene, which is like a young up and coming beer scene. What what is your thoughts on on what what's happening here? Um, honestly, like I so I spent a lot of time brewing before I I hit the supplier side. Yeah, I worked for a macro brewer. I worked for a a small craft brewer that did a lot of sour wild ales, like a lot of fooders. Um, so I've got a pretty diverse inlet into the industry. Okay. Um, I, I really dig the Arizona beer industry. There's a lot of cool stuff going on. Uh, people are doing a lot of really interesting beers. And I really appreciate the folks that are doing some, like, Arizona-specific beers. Sure. Um, using, you know, prickly pear and, and nopales and mesquite and, like, some things that are indigenous to the areas. Yeah. It's really cool to see. It's I've had brewers tell me that Arizona is, like, you know, we're a couple years behind... Colorado or Oregon or whatever, and I, I don't necessarily see that. Like the quality is pretty good. Yeah, um, I actually really good. I, yeah. I, I, I don't want to discount it. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoy the beers out here, and there's a lot of cool ingredients and some fun stuff folks are doing. Like I, every time I get to be out here, I really look forward to it. Yeah, um, folks are doing really fun stuff. There's folks out here that are becoming friends, and. Um, the beer is really nice. Like yeah. I, think the, I think overall, I can walk into any brewery in Arizona, and the quality is going to be going to be really good. I'm going to enjoy the beer I have, and it's going to it's going to be a good experience. Yeah, and that's that's probably the most exciting thing, and and not something I can say about everywhere I go. So it's I'm always excited to come out here. That's it's a good always thing. fun. Good Whether thing I'm to in hear, Flag man. or Phoenix or Tucson or yeah. Prescott or wherever, like. I'm always excited to come out here. I'm always excited to try the beer. Yeah. That's a so good point. Fun. That's a good point because, like, you go, no matter where you go, you you go to Kingman, you got, you know, Blackbridge, you go to Flagstaff, you got nine places, you go to Phoenix, 50, 60 places, right? Tucson, 22. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's great and all all solid, man. And, and I like that you brought up the fact, uh, the usage of, uh, like, indigenous ingredients, right? Because I didn't know this until a couple years ago, uh, but... The Sonoran Desert is one of the most biodiverse like ecosystems in the world. As weird as it sounds, right? You drive through the you drive through the the the, the desert and you're like, dude, everything's dead. It's not, right? No, and, wish, and I wish I could claim to be an Arizona boy. I'm definitely not. Uh, but I lived in New Mexico for a couple of years as a kid. Yeah, uh, and I definitely got an appreciation for the desert. And yeah, uh, we were actually talking about this the other day, but. It's really cool to me. Like, you can walk through someplace that, to your point, someone who's not familiar is like, oh, there's there's nothing here. It's super arid. Yeah. It's super dead. But you get that, like, you get the cactus with, like, the perfect 
purple flower on it. Yeah. That's like this super intense color and like just a beautiful little representation. And it's, you might have to look a little harder for some of it. Sure. Um, but there's beauty here that you can't replicate anywhere else. Yeah. And I, I think in, in a way that's poetic. Um, but it also speaks to the beer scene and the food scene and everything else. It's, it's a super cool representation of what's out here. Yeah. That sometimes you just, you need to look a little deeper to get, to get the meaning. But I think it's more poignant when you actually get it. Yeah. So I, I love that part of being out in this part of the country. Hell yeah, man. I love it. You guys like beer too, right? Yeah. (laughs) It's for the, the Santan tent right behind you right there, man. That is the tent to be in. That's all they. <laughs> they'll they'll take care of you. They, they do a nice job. Uh, you know what? Actually, good yeah, point. Which one's the best one, though? Juicy Jack. If you like juicy IPAs, Juicy Jack. Juicy Jack. I, I was born in Des Moines, though, so I like the Iowa Hawkeyes shirt. Yo, Iowa City, Iowa, born and raised. Represent, uh, man. Can we get one I'm there for you. Can you get what? One quick go dogs. One quick what? Go dogs. Go dogs. Go dogs. Oh, his shit. Go dogs. I grew. I was a, a bulldog growing up, so I can give you. A, I can give you a dog. Yeah. <laughs> go race, right? Let's go. Uh, nice man. Ohio, Ohio for me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, dude, thanks so much. Thanks yeah. so much for being on the show. I know you're a good friend of uh, John Hall, who I'm gonna have on next. John Hall, right below the speaker over there. He's giving them the old. How's your father look? Right. <laughs> he's, he's okay. It's a love-hate relationship for sure. Sure, sure, yeah. <laughs> I love you more he's, than I hate you. He's giving you the old fuck you look. <laughs> Not you guys. Sorry. I didn't mean to swear in front of you guys. You guys look like you're fighting. Eat the rest of your pretzels. You're good. You know, but that, hear me. That's this guy. You, there he is. Nice. What's up, buddy? <laughs> that's what you need with your friends, though. You know, you yeah. gotta. You have to give your friends a little, a little ration of a hard time. and Well, because their heads get big, right? Like, you know, like John is a great, one of my favorite beer writers, beer personalities. So you got to talk shit to him once in a while so he doesn't think he's too cool. Exactly. Right? I, All right, I, he's out. Sorry, John. I, I figure that. there's plenty of people <laughs> telling him he's amazing. <laughs> yeah. He needs somebody to, to, to bring him down just a notch. It, just to clarify, John just yelled out, nobody has told me that. Yeah. All right. Well. Well, John, let's get let's get John on the mic, dude. Thanks so much for yeah. thanks so much for doing thanks this. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely, man. It was fun. Always love being at the festival. Great talking to you. Really appreciate it. You too, man. We got to exchange info when, we, when we're Absolutely. wrapping this up. Uh, I'm not even gonna hit pause. John Hall is just gonna come in and he's gonna have uh, some sweat on those headphones. Look at this, uh, look at this fancy. You got the Zoom H6. You got the... These are nice mics. Uh, What are these on here? These are ATR 2100s, man. You guys are a professional podcast. I'm not used used to being on professional podcasts, so this is... You're not used to being a guest on a professional podcast? Because you run a professional... One of the best. One of the best. You do. You gave me a sticker, John. Don't try to pull that shit on me, man. This is fun. Yeah. (laughs) That's the only way to prove that you're a real podcast these days is to have stickers. (laughs) Stickers, Yeah. yeah. It is I, so true. I got a $50 budget. I went to Sticker Mule. I bought myself some stickers. I'm now a real podcast. Real. I'm not even on iTunes, and I'm a real podcast because I have stickers. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. If you wait for a certain time when it's like 50 for 20 bucks, oh, then man, it's so even good. better. That's so good.
good. I do that all the time. It's the best. Did you get the holographic ones that just I came didn't. out as well? I, you know what? I waited too long. You got oh, and they ran out. They yeah, ran no, out. we yeah. did it for uh, we did it for Steal the Spear, the other podcast that I host. Look, oh, at, look at those dude, holographic. Those look nice, and then man. The Arizona sun. It's uh, Shit, gleaming just, off of your I face. I literally just got blinded like a, like fun. a laser beam. Yes, <laughs> you do. You have to fight your way through can five I have years. This one? Of course you can. Excellent. Thanks, yeah. man. Thanks. I'm gonna I'm gonna burn some ants on my sidewalk this is, with this, this is thing. This fun. Yeah, John Hall. How are you? This is a great great day for me to get you on the podcast. It. It's true. It's true. Oh my god! I don't know what here. to say at this point. Uh, no, man. Um, picked up your last book. What was the last book that you? The most recent uh, book that you wrote? Drink beer, think beer. Drink beer, think beer. Love that book, man. Thank you. Love that book. Like Thank that you. was, I. Uh, <laughs> it's like yeah, I never, I never listened to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought it was great because it took it took the approach to beer that I like to try to take the approach with this podcast, which is like the people, the stories, all yeah. that stuff behind it. Right? We you get into the beer, and you and you're obviously very, very knowledgeable about the beer. Um, but you you see the big picture in it. You get the big. And I mean, twenty plus years doing this, right? Uh, a little less, but yeah. Okay, twenty minus years. Yes. Say, yeah. Minus years. Um, how did you for sure? But yeah. How did you get started on this? So let me just clarify. Right. John Hall, H O L L. Correct. Okay. All right. Uh, I was a real news reporter for a lot of years. I got to travel the country and uh, cover breaking news as it was happening. So homicides and fires and general human tragedy. And I found that going to a local brewery whenever I was in a far-flung city, uh, and I grew up in in the New York metro area, so like Phoenix would be a far-flung city. So if I I came down here and hung out, um, I'd go to the local brewery because I would be able to get a uh, a good pint, uh, but I'd also be able to like meet locals as well. Like there's something to being like a business traveler, even if you're a reporter or not, and staying at like the Holiday Inn and going to the Holiday Inn bar where it's going to be other transient people that are going through, you don't get a real sense of place. But like I, I found very early on that by going to breweries, I got a real sense of place. Like I could talk to people who actually like lived and worked and had weekends like in this place. And as a reporter, that was one, really helpful for me, but two, just gave me a really wonderful uh, representation of what was happening and how the news that brought me in was uh, three minutes. Till last call? Yeah, we got, we, we had the warning three crew. Three minutes until the last call. Crew. So, by the way, so 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 anyway, that's how I did it. I admire you greatly for recording live on a stage at a beer festival where people have just been walking by and harassing you uh, for the better part of the last three hours. Pretty like much. When you had Dustin Craft on from Malt Europe, you had yeah. guys who just like were pretending that they didn't know that you were recording this. Who oh, yeah. just like wanted to like. <laughs> Desperately be a part of it, <laughs> yeah. and it's like it's like that doesn't work. Yeah, like that's I like, the, like, I, I don't have the patience for yeah. it in everyday life. I don't know how you're still smiling on uh, this whole thing. Yeah, you, you know what? Here's except uh, like uh, you're going to be very judicious with the edit button, like when you nah, get back into I'm just it. Gonna no, let it roll, yeah. I want pe- when I want when people <laughs> listen to these, I want them to feel like they were they were involved in it, right? They were they were a part of it. Um, but I tell you what, this is nothing compared to when we have normal 
normally in, in like our te- in our setup, we're yeah. normally just set up as another tent. Yeah. And I have the podcast set up there. Right. So people can just go up to the like they can't just pull, walk up and say what's going on. They can just get up and just start. I'm gonna sing a song for five minutes. That's why we shut it down about an hour before the thing. Well, ends. apparently we yeah. have three minutes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. I love so so we're at the point in the AZ Strong Beer Festival, and I think this is like a really this is my first year here, and it's a really really cool festival. Yeah. But like we're already starting to see the couples fight. Yeah. Uh, there's yep. a dude who's crying over there. That's my favorite part of these Wait, where's things. The guy? Is where's the, he crying? He's, he's up against the car, and he's just putting his uh, uh, his sunglasses on. But he's uh, but he's just crying a yeah, little bit. Right. It's good. Thanks for participating in the show, sir. We yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Pearls of wisdom. Like, now he's a no, he's a he's happy I feel like we need to talk to this yeah, guy. Yeah, no, we don't no. need to talk to this guy. <laughs> there, there's no hey, that we need to talk to. Yep, yep, yep. We got a Miguel right here. What's up, buddy? How's How are you guys? Good man. Good. Good. We're recording you live. Third, you are on the you live one. Third you? mic. I do. I thought about setting that up after hear, the, they can't yes. hear. No, they can hear. You guys okay. can hear this whole thing, right? Right, but the, but your listeners. Yeah. I'm thinking about the end result of your podcast uh, right now. That's true. That's true. Miguel, I mean, I'm not telling you how to run you your business, but are you drunk? His friend is like a little bit. Ah, oh, this fucking guy, old Ellsworth, making gold down in Queen Creek. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, John. So this is about the time I usually shut the mics down. <laughs> I can understand why. So this has yeah. been a lot of fun. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, good night, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So you were journalist reporting all this stuff, and you yeah. just and you I know fell what? into the beer industry and and covering the beer industry as a journalist, and and it's a really cool place to. Meet, it, there's not a lot of industries where you can actually go and meet the people who are making the product. Sure. Or yeah. find people who are as, as passionate, right? Like, you don't necessarily meet the people who go and, like, make your Ford or the people who make your Chevy or the people who... Hashtag owners at work. Owners at work. <laughs> cool. All right. So that's apparently a thing. We got it's it. Never we're, gonna we're trend. Right, we're writing it down. Yeah. We're writing hashtag it down. Hashtag yep, owners at work. That. Um, www. But, but we're at this. But we're at this point where. With beer, it, it's such an intimate and personal relationship between the drinkers and 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 the product and the brewers themselves. Like there's yeah. this like sort of like three way love triangle in a lot of ways where. Um, when you have a beer, it is a singular experience to you. So you can be standing next to your buddy and you can both be drinking the same Scotch Ale or Hazy IPA or sure. whatever. Then your buddy might not like it, but it might speak to you in a certain way. And there's not a lot of products like where that happens. You know, yeah. and when you're in a big festival setting like this at Strong Beer, I think it's so cool because like you see people who are walking around who get genuinely excited and they'll say, like, Oh, did you go over to Brewery X and their tent is over there and they have this beer and oh my god, it tastes just like guava, it tastes just like, you know, Pines Hall, or it tastes like, like whatever it yeah. is. And they're so excited because like it spoke to them in a certain way and there's just not a lot that exists on that. So yeah. like as a journalist, like I'm really lucky that I get to like hear these stories and then like dial in and say, Okay, like you were excited about this. Let me now go and talk to the brewer and find out like how did you make this? Yeah. And what was your thought behind making it? And like what was the the end result for when you like 
and like how long did it make you or how long did it take you to hit the end result yeah and for me like it's just it's 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 a really cool thing yeah well and, and it's i mean there's so much that goes into it and, and I've, I've found in the beer scene really more than anything else and i've experienced is there are more people who have quit the, the shit that they hated to do the thing that they loved I've not seen more people do that in any other industry than, than craft beer. And obviously, I'm not as plugged into food and all that kind of stuff, but... No, but, be- but, but I think it's a little bit more forgiving and understanding. And, and because so much of it was born out of a hobby, right? So sure. when you think about homebrewers, especially 20 years ago, the industry was... There were people who maybe didn't like their jade job, but lived for the weekends when they could on their you know two or five gallon batch system mash in and make a recipe and find a little bit of solace in it. Sure. And they found a passion to spark something in them. And then they somehow found found an entrepreneurial streak, which is like, like for me, for a long time working at other places, I never had that entrepreneurial streak. And in the last like six months or so, like I've launched a new company. Like this new podcast, this Drink Beer, Think Beer that I'm doing is part of a new company called Beer Edge that I'm doing with Andy Crouch. And like... We were never entrepreneurs, but I feel like being surrounded by people who sort of said, all right, like it's time for us to hang our own shingle or the market has changed. And like, like we feel like what we can bring to this is, is important. We're following a lot of the people that we were covering who did that. Because when you talk to a lot of folks and you say like, what was the hardest thing about becoming a brewer? And they're like running a business. Yeah. Like it's not just making beer. It's spreadsheets. It's overhead. It's insurance for your employees. It's finding a way to keep the lights on. It's ingredient ordering. Like you talk to to the small brewery owners and everybody thinks like, it's like, oh, it's a party all the time. We're making beer. It's like, (laughs) no, man, this is like, like you're in your, you know, your QuickBooks all the time and you're spending more time on, you know, emails and everything thing but they love it and at the end of the day like they're finding that like when they when they close the door and turn off the lights and they walk you know to go home that they've put in a good day's work and I I think that that's a that's a fun thing that's infectious that everybody who's hanging out here today kind of feels and when you leave here yeah the beer is going to make you feel good the beer is going to make you feel woozy and loopy and everything else in between but there's a general spirit of like the people who are here are enthused to be here, and so are the brewers. Yeah, no, absolutely. Got a friend over here. He's just taking a seat. All Take right. a seat. It's all yeah. good. <laughs> You're good, man. It's all You're good. good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no. So, and what I think is really cool about this, uh, about the beer scene in general, is is it's it's. So I grew up in Pittsburgh, or right. outside of Pittsburgh. Yeah. Like that was the closest city. I grew. It was Ohio, right on the border, Youngstown, Ohio area. Um, so I grew up in a, in a, a working class area, right? Blue yeah. collar, like super blue collar. Like, dude, you got, you got a job as a forklift operator. You're good to go, man. Right. Is he going yeah. on a beer run for yeah. us? Are you going on the beer run? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's already too oh, late. Destin's we not- can't, they won't pour any more. Oh, they're for done. Us. All right. Yeah. They're hardcore on that. Good. Um, so, uh, so what I love about craft beer is that there's an artistic side of it, right? There's a creative side of it where you get you come up with these ideas, these recipes of you know using goat milk caramel, right? Yeah, like that like brewery, the, like that brewery. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then also, like, yeah, you can have some great creativity with it, but then put in the work, right? That's that that's where the blue collar aspect of beer comes in. To like, all right, we got this great recipe. Now let's brew this shit and sweat our asses off and get dirty and and can you know so there's that there's that's why i'm drawn to it is it's artistic but it's it's blue collar like everybody that's doing is 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 blue collar and they're 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 putting the work into it you know what i mean yeah yeah Yeah. um you've been around a lot ah she lost 
You lost the game. What is happening over I, there? I love that you're, I love that you're narrating <laughs> what's happening at a festival to people who are going to listen to this weeks yeah. from now. That was that was uh, they, there's a Jenga game Jenga. happening in front of that brewery. Yep. yep. The guy yeah. with the white shirt was the one that was losing it early. I uh-huh. just like calling people out in the crowd. This guy, he's got a little finger. Look at little hands on his fingers. Yeah. <laughs> um, so so with you, you I mean you've been around <laughs> yeah. the world covering beer. I have. Right. Yeah. When you come to the Arizona beer scene, I know you've only been here a couple of days, but you've got to hit up a bunch of places. I did. What yeah. do you? What is your? What is your take on the Arizona beer scene from a, a, an expert's? I found I found a lot of clean beer, which was okay. really nice. Like I didn't have like a bad pint. Like I didn't show up at a place and it was like, oh, here's diacetyl or here's you know something else. So for me, like number one, that was awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, number two, like there's a real focus on local ingredients as well, where people like trying to talk about like where their beer is coming from, uh, and that's like that's really cool as well. So like I'm seeing like a lot of you know local malts or uh, people talking about local honey or talking about you know local hops, but then also like you know like caring about like what goes in as well. Sure. Um, and there's creativity on some of the recipes when it comes to you know either making you know the goat's milk as you mentioned or Going into um, Italian pills, you know, I was talking to to Dragoon earlier. Uh, they're doing like Italian style pills. There's a lot of like cool hazy that's coming out, and I think hazy IPAs maybe came a little bit late to this state as far as the makers go, as far as the local guys go. So they had the benefit of time to say, okay, like what worked throughout New England, what worked throughout the West Coast, what worked throughout you know other parts of the country. How do we make the best possible version of what worked versus what didn't? Okay. And so all the hazies that I've had since I've been here have actually been really well done and well produced and mostly shelf stable. And that, to me, shows a maturity in the market that there's not a huge rush to follow the crowd, but that it's more, let's take our time, even just by a couple of months, and try to do something right. Yeah. I like that, man. I like so. So when you see Arizona, when you're, and you're tasting this Arizona beer, um, it's 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 got a level of quality to it to you to you. Then from what from what I'm hearing, yeah, absolutely, like a, yeah, yeah, that's, no, that's awesome, definitely man. what I found. Yeah, and and so that's one thing. Like my experience with the beer scene is is pretty much limited to without with the exception of a couple trips to you know Denver, San Francisco. Uh, my my experience is mainly Arizona. Yeah. So I love and and for me, you know, people said, "Oh, dude, you're doing a beer podcast." There's 110. And breweries like you're you're done after two years i'm like no like there's so many stories there's so many stories to tell right going to you know going to sonagua mall or 24-hour hops and these guys trying to grow hops in in a, in a greenhouse um i feel that there's a lot of focus on arizona breweries to use prickly pear and use yeah. you know mesquite pods things that are grown here is that is that different? Because I'd like to feel that like we're different than than Portland or Denver and doing that. But is that kind of the the trend across the board with craft beer? No, I I, I I think that there is a focus on local ingredients as much as possible. Okay, um, and I feel like this state has it a little bit better than most. Nice man, that's good to hear. Yeah, that's good to hear. Even though I don't even make any beer in this state, that is good to hear. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I love I love the but that breeds local pride, right? Because yeah. when people come in from out of town and they can taste something that is vaguely familiar, like yeah. a, like a New England IPA or a stout or whatever, but it says like, hey this has local honey or this has, you know, local, you know, ingredients or, you know, we decided to use prickly pear or whatever. It's, it's something familiar. And then it's immediately something that's more intimate and local. Yeah. Yeah. 
I like that. And Crooked Tooth, I don't know if you, you got to check out Crooked no, Tooth. Crooked Tooth, they, they're up and gone, man. Like, I just looked up, and there's a whole row of people gone. Last call, boom, the tents just, like, That's fall it. into the ground. They know, they know how to drop them fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do. So, Crooked Tooth's really good. They're the ones, I mean, so one thing I really loved about the, the Denver beer scene was the amount of breweries that had, like, wild ales. I love spontaneous fermentation, wild ales, uh, you know, mixed culture, things like that. Not a lot of that happened in, in, in Arizona at this point, but you got places like Arizona Wilderness that's doing it really good. Uh, Grand Canyon, 12 West are experimenting a little bit. Um, but then you have Crooked Tooth, who's kind of digging into it a little bit, but they're focusing on Sonoran flavors. Yeah. Meaning, like, they're looking at respato, what is it, respato? Like the like the Mexican, like, uh, fruited drink. It's so like they're the, looking at yeah. things outside of beer to inspire the flavors of their sour series, mm-hmm. right? You know, you're, they had a, they had a, uh, what's up, buddy? <laughs> I don't even know what he's saying, but I like it. I like it. <laughs> uh, so, so they've got these. You know, they did a uh, pico de gallo one. All right, like a, like a classic pico that de gallo. Like fun, not yeah. like the normal. You know, peppers. Uh, you know, whatever peppers, onion. Like more of like the fruit pico de gallo. And they did a sour inspired. So it's cool that these places are like using the inspiration of the people that that you know the the flavors in the. The foods that people from around here have used for really hundreds of years. Yeah, it's pr- it's pretty cool. So it's it's cool to know that um, that's something that kind of sets Arizona to you know sets us apart a little bit. Yeah, I, I and I think that that like local identity is really important as well because beer tourism is important, um, but it also gives. It's not just the people who come through in a transient way, but it's the everyday people where you know here are local flavors that they can recognize. Here are things that they can identify with, and there's not a lot of other industries that, you know, can play into that. Yeah. And so for, for, for me, I think that every state that can try to exert its own identity is going to have some real great success. Yeah. Love it, man. Yeah. Love it. What's, what's, uh, what's, so just started your own company, started the, uh, the, with the podcast. Beer Edge. Yeah. Beer Edge. Yeah. Okay, I saw that up on, yeah, the, on, up the, on the board the there. Yeah. yeah. BeerEdge.com. Yeah. What is, um, what, what's, what's your plan, man? Like what's your, what's your goal with the, you know, the next year? You know, I, I, all I know how to do is be a reporter. Okay. That's all I know how to do. Yeah. And I really, I hope that I can tell the stories of the people who give their time to me uh, to to share what they're doing. I hope I can put that out there in a meaningful way, and I hope that people in the beer industry and who are interested in the beer industry uh, see the value in, you know, supporting uh, independent journalism um, that requires, you know, subscriptions, requires advertising, requires, you know, things so that we we can keep our lights on and pay our mortgage and and, and go from there. So it's the same thing that you're doing, uh, that we're at this point where we're just trying to uh, um, you know, survive and yeah. and do our jobs and hopefully do it well and have some people support us. So, uh, yeah, Beer Edge is the uh, is the overall website and the new podcast is Drink Beer Think Beer. So Drink Beer Think Beer. So after they're done listening to your show every, every week, uh, tune in to to, yeah. to mine to see what's happening. I love it, man. I love the conversations you're having too. One of my like uh, the very first episode that I listened to was uh, Evan Watson from Plan B. Oh, he's great, dude. That dude is awesome. He's man. fantastic. That, yeah, you got to go visit him if you haven't yet. Yeah. I haven't. So 
so my first interaction with Plan B was, uh, we're not interaction, but my first experience was went to New Hampshire, uh, stayed a week with my with my brother-in-law and his wife. So I was like in New Hampshire and I go on a beer run and I call my brother, brother-in-law because he's dry, or because he's working. I'm like, dude, where do I need to go for like beer around here? He's like, Maine. <laughs> so yeah, he's like, no, that's, that's leave true. New Hampshire, go to Maine. Yeah. So I went to this bottle shop and I and I can't remember the name of the place, but it was right over the right over the border of Spruce New Hampshire. Creek Provisions. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. Small little shop. Yep, love yep. those guys. So that in the way they have it, it doesn't look like a liquor store. It looks like no, a, like, it's like a next candle to a shop subway. And it's yeah. A, yeah, no, it's great. Yeah, it's I love a, those guys. So I kind of explained I was just what there I was last week. At. That's the only reason I know this. That, yeah, that's awesome. Great place though. But I was explaining the guy like, here's what I'm looking for. So he's like, dude, Plan B, absolutely Plan B. So he gives me a couple bottles of Plan B. Um, and then a couple a couple months ago, did Camp Cool Ship uh, with Arizona Wilderness. Yeah, I and saw I saw Evan, your, all your stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, thanks, man. Uh, Evan was there and got to talk to him, and like he was like, "Yeah, you know, I used to be a musician." He kind of downplayed that. Later, yeah. I googled. I'm like, "Dude, you're on the fucking Voice." Yeah, he's on the like, Voice. Yeah, the no, voice. Uh, he used to yeah. open for Meatloaf. Yeah, yeah. And then I just, like, googled awesome. some of his YouTube videos from like six years ago, yeah. and him playing like just by himself, blues guitar. Oh, he's great. Like foot pedal. Like, dude, that guy is that guy's another level. Yeah. Um, and when you talk. Like his, the conversation you guys had was so just a natural conversation because I think you guys got off track about a couple just random. yeah we usually do yeah yeah but that's what it's great about it man that's that's what's great and it shows the the depth and the diversity of of these brewers and I mean they're artists they're, they're musicians they're business people and and um, I don't know man I just I, I like to think that the that the brewing world is different than other worlds yeah know? no I think it is <laughs> so it's uh, we're lucky to cover it. It's good stuff. Absolutely, man. Yeah. John, thanks so much, man. Thanks, great Paul. to finally meet you. Yeah, this is great. This Absolutely. is a lot of fun. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, man. Next time I'm, I'm down your way. You're in New York? Uh, yeah. What is uh, what is uh, social media? Where, where can people find you? You said you got the Beer Edge? Yeah. Just, uh, or, you know, I'm just John Hall, J-O-H-N-H-O-L-L. I'm on all the things. All the stuff. You can find me. All the stuff. Yeah. Excellent. Thanks, Cheers. John. I tell you what, I cannot wait until we can go to beer festivals again. I love beer festivals. I I really do. And they're going to be back. They will be back. I'm looking up at the sky, like to the heavens, saying they will be back. So, really good times. Huge shout out to the Hopped Up Network. That is the craft beer podcast network that Tap That Easy is part of. Shout out to them. The website is... HoppedUpNetwork.com. Go check them out. Find some new, really, really good podcasts that you like to listen to almost as much as you like listening to this one. And the biggest thing I want to leave you guys with right now is think about this next time you're enjoying a wonderful Arizona beverage. Am I really, really staying awesome? <laughs>